everybody, and welcome to the Smorgasbord. I'm Tom Shapira, and with me... Hello, I'm Sean Edry. Welcome to Die. 50 episodes of Comic Talk and Broken English for me. And Sean, well... Rage. Yeah. Rage for Rage. me. And for this episode, we're pivoting, as it were. We're doing something new. We have guests. Yes. Today. You have guests Introduce before. yourselves, one after the other. Wait, we have guests? I'm going to bring out a cake. <laughs> yes. Not this I've had... might sound familiar to you. Yeah. If so, I'm sorry. I'm Haggai Palevsky. Yes, he appeared in a previous episode. What, yes, while, while you were running around gallivanting in New York. Uh, or England. England, sorry. And leaving me here, I said, fine, I'll find another co-host. Haggai and is a younger one. one. Yes, yes. Haggai is the wonder kid of Israeli comics criticism. By yes. Which I mean, he's the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also with us... Okay, from Fangirls. Yes, she she hosts uh, Legend of Fangirls. Which I is don't host. Show. I edit. <laughs> she hosts yeah, and produces. Yeah, co-hosts. Uh, uh, one, uh, it's an Israeli podcast in Hebrew. So unfortunately, if you're one of our American listeners, you'll have to learn Hebrew to listen to it. Worth it talk, though. Yeah, yeah, worth yeah it, totally worth it. Which talks about a, like a rainbow of uh, geek subjects from a female perspective, and also with us. Abir Tzipit of Aliron, uh, the prominent Hebrew criticism site, which hosts Tom Shapiro's critics, a criticism of comics and pop culture media. Yes, um, uh, if not for Aviv, I probably wouldn't be doing this. So, so it's your fault. He's, yeah, to blame. he's to blame. So I've been stuck with this guy for two years because of yeah, you. Yeah. Well, I'm stuck with this guy for two years. No, so no. <laughs> karmically, it all works out. It's not because of me. If, if <laughs> someone... That. I'm also a fresh comic creator. I've just launched a new book called The Adventures of Quentin Alpha, available in Hebrew and in English. Uh, for anyone who would like a copy uh, in physical format, you can contact me by my Facebook page, which is Leo Tzipin Comics. Uh, on Facebook, I'm sure it will show up. L-E-O-Z-I-P-P-I-N Comics. Uh, it will I'm also, you were know how yeah, to <laughs> it will also show up in the show notes, I believe. I'll send you all a link. Uh, you can say, you can contact me through there. Uh, and in some months from now, it's going to be on digital as well. In some months, it will be the number one best selling issue on comicology. Yes. Of course. Oh, sure. For that week. I'm sure. Oh, oh, That's something else going to come. Oh, as my uncle said to me in my brother's moments uh, the other day, I'm sure they're going to make a movie out of it uh, soon. Every comic gets made into a movie these days. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's going to win the Eisner. He's it's not gonna, wrong. It's going gonna, it's gonna to win some uh, yeah, yeah. Award. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. 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 Menachem, Menachem Golan of Superman 4 is signed to the ring. <laughs> it's not going to win the Harveys, though, because that's Valiant Owners, yeah. you know. So, Sean, what are we going to do? What's different about this podcast from any other podcast? Well, well basically... Basically, what we decided to do this time is to give a little bit of a sort of state-of-the-industry panel. All five of us here read comics, we read different companies, we, we have read different you? interests. Oh, yeah. Huh. And it turns out that we all have different opinions on what has been going on in 2016 so far in terms of the major publishers in the American market. So we will be discussing DC, Marvel, Image, Boom, uh, Black Mask, Aftershock in terms of the good, the bad, the ugly, the extremely ugly, the unsightly ugly. The Eddie Berganza. The Eddie Berganza ugly. Lots of horrible things, but probably some bright spots too. Some. Yeah. And uh, to kick us off, uh, <laughs> we will be starting with Hagai, who will be talking to us about DC. I just want to start out by saying that 
from the moment I started reading comics, DC was my favorite. 99% of the stuff I used to read is DC. And I enjoyed it. Until last year. Now, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I don't know what it was, but something changed. I think it was after Convergence in, in June 2015. When the quality was alright, but enthusiasm was as low as can be. And I started noticing that it wasn't as good as I always thought it was. And the quality, again, it was all right. They had some good books, but it just wasn't the same. And as time went by, I just, it faded away. Everything that was special just faded away. And <laughs> why, why did it fade away considering the fact I don't that know. it's the same editorial staff? Yeah. Mostly I don't it's, know. The same, it's the same major creators over and over again. When did it? But, but, um, uh, is this a part where we open it to uh, open yeah, discussion? Go, go ahead. So, so I'll take it. What happened after Convergence, if, if people recall, is the DCU. You. Oh, DCU. Uh, Y-O-U. Yeah. yeah. DCYOU. Yes. Yeah. Y. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, the bagualization of DC Comics. That was the um, for You the might last... know Nightwing, but you don't know Dick. <laughs> For the last five years, DC has been stuck in the 52 mode, and that's been going on, like, no matter high or low, they're just going to be new 52, no matter what. Um, creative changes were being made to serve the line, and not the other way around. And then came Bad Girl of uh, Cameron Stewart, Brendan Fletcher, and Bob Starr, which up until that point was an Instagram and online artist. Like, I've found her work through Instagram, and then I found out, oh, she's doing Bad Girl, what else has she done? Pretty much, pretty much nothing. Um, now, that's the first change that worked for them. It shouldn't have lasted. If anyone doesn't know, uh, the Bad Girlization of DC wasn't planned at all. The, the, that run was supposed to last only six issues, but it caught on so well also. Grayson by Tom King, Kelly Nin, and Tim City caught on, so they decided to launch an alternate line, which I found delighting. Like the books they've got out, uh, Midnighter, Black Canary, uh, were good. Uh, Bad Girl Suffer, I think, but basically the problem with DC for me didn't start at Convergence. It started way before, way before because if you look at Convergence, the Convergence, not, not Convergence, if you look at the, at the New 52 as a whole, the project of the New 52, the, the only thing that lasted, and should have, that, that lasted by its own right, is the run by um, Snyder and Poole. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe the, maybe stuff by Patrick Gleason and uh, Peter Damasi, they did some with Batman, yeah. but basically that's the only run that had very high critical and commercial success across the board, and that's why it's the one that lasted 52 issues. 51. Yeah. Issue. Yeah, but... No, 52. No, the, 50, the 52nd one wasn't really... There was zero one. issue, though. So one technically, one. it's, it's yeah. 52. Yeah. It was the only one that seemed creator-controlled rather than editorially mandated. Yeah, Which it was... Which raises a... a point that I think connects what the two of you are saying in the sense that you're saying... The response to Batgirl wasn't planned. 
This seems to be a problem with DC in general, which is the lack of an overall clear plan. Yeah. At least up until yeah. Rebirth. We'll talk about Rebirth yeah. momentarily, uh, but is, might, is that part of what contributed to your sense of a loss of appeal? Yeah, because it felt like they don't really know what they're doing. They pretend like they know, but they don't actually know. And then they make the, a move, and they make some sort of commitment to it, and then they don't. They promise that they'll do 12 issues of every new book, and then they cancel Omega Man, for example. Mm-mm. Which was a huge mistake. Um, but they did listen to fans. I think, I think in that case, they listened to fans. In that case, they friends. did. But they, they yeah, also, but also press sucked. Press was terrible. But they, they but deserve this, it's to the be principle. No. It's the principle. I, no. I, I get yeah. and, and Bizarro and like, Bizarro was a miniseries from the get go. Yeah, 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 and Batmite. All were minis. Prez is supposed to be a trilogy of minis. No, and it was supposed to be 12, 12, 12 issue run. It was supposed yeah. to be 12 no. issues, and then, then they, they cut it into two six issues. And, and then, then they, they did it. Part two. And now they shuffle. Look, right from the get-go, they said DCU. They said new Batman, Robocop Batman, who looks like a Pokemon. Okay, <laughs> I'm gay. Bad bunny. I, I really like the Superman. Like, Aaron Cooter and Greg, and Greg Pak got me back on action comics. Like, when it started with the DCU, it was excellent, and then it started crossing over, which sucked. But never mind that. The changes that were made were great changes. Like, that felt like changes. Especially in the Bat books, in the Superman books, in the Green Lantern books. Not necessarily for the better, but they were changes. What felt very undermining to me was Jeff Jones' run, which makes me happy that now he's not part of the comic universe, because as all of this was going on, we had the mega event, uh, with air quotes, that was the Darkseid World. Yeah, but it wasn't really an event. I, I can feel it the, at it, all, it, it, so, yeah. you know. It, it, it was it, it, it was a long arc. arc. It, it, it wasn't like a Marvel event where you know no. I gotta cancel all of my issues. Wait, 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 wait. It, wait it, it, it had times. Yeah, no, but yeah, it was it had it had it was contained. It, it was a contained books. event, but it was a Justice League again, air quotes event. You I, don't have a lot of. But what felt undermining to me was that it ignored continuity and led continuity, like. The DC Universe we know now is DC Universe post-Darkseid Wars. But, like, you, you wouldn't know that Batman was Metatron at any point, right? I'm sorry, could you say that again? Uh, no, uh, Me- Metron, not Metatron. Metron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, could you say that again? He's he, what now? He had, he had a Mobius chair for, like, for some time. Batman had a Mobius chair. Yeah, you see that in the Batman. Yeah. Why would Batman need that? He, ba- he has for a bad computer. Why does he need that? Because he always a voice of God. Okay. 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 For the same reason, and I'm going to list them, for the same reason that Superman was a power switch on steroids, that Lex Luthor became Darkseid, that Flash became the Black Racer, and that Darkseid's daughter had a son which was Darkseid, which she then pointed at people, yelled Shazam backwards, and it electrocuted people. 
No. Things that happened in a DC comic book. Is this the same story where one woman got a twin? No. Yeah. Dear listeners, I'm sorry. This is the point where I'm sorry we're not on YouTube because if you could have seen Sean face as this goes on, as the storytelling goes on, it's a it's a work of art. We're considering making this episode a video just for I'm a gog. I mean, I don't have any... Dark side baby was a thing. Here's... It's still a thing because now she's raising her own father. It's still a thing. It's an ongoing plot. Check, please. Plot. Okay, so... so This is also the reason... But like, these crossovers... It's also the reason why, you know, all the things with the Joker, like the three Jokers and all that, oh, so, so that's we'll, also connected. Like, okay, what, so, like, so we'll get to Rebirth. I just want to sort of touch on one other thing, though, from Convergence specifically. We've been talking a lot about how, you know, the line sort of felt directionless and, you know, the... the the whole concept of the Batgirlization of DC. I don't think it's felt directionless. I think it's felt conflicting. It was very conflicting because on the one hand you had Starfire, which was like they took the the Harley Quinn theme, which was which was successful. What successes did they had in the in recent years, which wasn't Snyder and Capullo's Batman? They had Harley Quinn, and they had the Batgirl, and they had Batgirl, right? And you know to some extent. Gotham Academy and Grayson, which all seem to be part of the same way. Mm-hmm. So they took that. And then they had stuff like the Jeff Jones event. They had and the cancellation. And it felt very conflicting. They had a great mixed message. Now with Rebirth, we'll see if, they, if it's still the case. So before we get to Rebirth, I do want to sort of posit a question to the group here before we officially move on to our Capit section. Uh, we've been very critical of DC's creative decisions during the period sort of between Convergence and Rebirth. Were there any high points other than Omega Men, which Chagai recently read and I take it you liked it very much? Oh my god. Yeah, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, yeah Omega yeah. Men was fantastic. That's pretty much it. Well, <laughs> no. I, that's pretty much... I mean, the continuing runs were great, but I didn't feel like there was anything... Knew that was spectacular. I did enjoy Midnighter. I'll say that. Midnighter oh, right. was really Mid- fun. Midnighter right. was Gotham good. Academy is from this year, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, Gotham Academy like, it's, really it's like. a precursor to the bad realization. But yeah, yeah, Gotham Academy, Grayson, even after, mm. even I'm sorry, I've, I've heard Grayson wasn't wasn't DCU it, though. It's no, I, I consider that, it, I but consider it, it a DCU. Well. It's a precursor. What I think it, I think it ended to the standards. Like you had the Robin Wars, which I thought was like a well-executed event. It, yeah, was, it, was, it wasn't it, crazy, it was but it was, yeah. it was well-executed. Well it well had contained. its parameters. Yeah, well-contained was the word I'm looking for, Ten, And it, I think the, the, the creators like Silly, Yanin, King all went like to Batman and they the all actual deserve Nightwing. They to get, you know, an upgrade. They went, yeah. they went over to plan what, what will follow and they left notes to people who basically had to do their homework. And to that extent, it was well executed too. Um, I think a lot of series were ended kind of well. And if they would have diversified their lines, like actually stuck to the... Has anyone read The Last Days of Super... Has, is, is anyone reading Superman right now? No. We're going to get to that in Because Rebirth. I came to a point where I'm reading like, the plot description of Superman stories and I'm... 
I've read postmodernist fiction, and I cannot parse what's going on exactly. there. If I can enjoy Robert Anton Wilson's uh, oh universe stories, and I'm reading it, well, in this super in Superman number one, the pre-crisis version of Superman meets the post-crisis version of Superman, and replace it with the and, and I can't grasp it. If I, a 15 year 15 you're years 15. of comedy. Yes. <laughs> I think you're getting. Your, is this a com- Freaky Friday with you and the guy? <laughs> with a, in comic reading years, I'm 15. Right. I'm reading it since my. Uh, seriously, I'm reading it since my 20s. Okay. Uh, like early teens. Do some if, I can, if I can get it, and if I'm like despairing from the description alone, what what chance does someone who's never read it? What chance does someone who for any country who doesn't who isn't even familiar with the idea of post and pre-crisis who reads the description of well in this universe Superwoman is Lana Lane and also Lois Lane and also and also they're from different timelines and it doesn't matter if the comic is good because it Superwoman good. got that great would give reviews. Grant Morrison a nosebleed Superwoman got great reviews we'll get to that after yeah, we'll yeah, we'll yeah I think it's time for River but yeah I think diversity doesn't mean like just flavoring like and we'll get to that in Marvel Marvel had an, a hawkization mm. of its line, sure. and it worked to some extent, but they didn't sell just Hawkeye of everybody. They've yeah. sold a method. Here they tried to sell the bad girl version of every character. It wasn't really diverse, and also they didn't stick with it. I would have loved to see the, the depowered, uh, without the secret identity Superman for like another year. Could I they have sustained it is the question. I think they could have, and I think they should have. A good writer and, and a good team can continue. Like, and they, and go they, on runners and they had, have great season. They had Greg Pak and Jin Luen Yang. Yes, and, 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 and his run was cut also because they needed... John Romita was pulled out of that run to draw a Frank Miller script for Dark Knight. Which like, we were all crying out for. Yeah, although we all wanted... wanted. Also, Actually, that book was, was good. Also, yeah, before... Dark before Knight Last Night. Crusade was good before before we move okay. on I think we should touch on Dark Knight uh, Must, on, the, yeah. on the current Dark Knight and uh, oh, that, yeah. this, wow. will, this I, okay this will lead us to rebirth because they're both connected to the idea of DC going back to like the, the greatest hits and saying well what can we do with those things that we know people like the great classics yeah. but before we do that Tom did you have any DCU highlights uh, Omega Man which I'm Reading it in completion, I'm shocked at the idea that they've even thought about stopping in the middle because even reading the first arc, it was obvious that this thing is going to be an evergreen. Mm. Omega yeah. Man, you know, 10 years from now is going to be on the same level as the stuff like uh, The Killing Joke or, or Watchmen. Or it's the comic. Wait, The Killing Joke, the movie? No, or, uh, <laughs> I, dis- I disagree. I think it's the comic that you can sell to anybody. Like, give me a good comic story. Yeah, yeah. I disagree. Okay. Not, not, not for lack of quality of Omega Man. I'm sure it's great. I've read some of it. I've read analysis of it, and I know it's good. And I've tra- and I trust your taste and Hagai's taste. But um, I, I don't think they're gonna keep it in print. Like Hagai is currently reading Starman, and it's not in print, and that should be an evergreen. Yeah. Well, thanks to well, comicsology, the idea of you know print collection is less. Important. Yeah, but but thing is, what's evergreen is what they sell. What's evergreen for Marvel now? What's the best-selling trade of the last year for Marvel? Civil War. Yeah, that's what they keep 
as evergreen. We like to think that, you know, there are the Sandmen and the Watchmen, which totally are evergreen because they made a big boom. But Omega Man didn't spread the word. That's why it was, it, it almost I got I read comics and canned. I'm not, you know, I barely heard about I it. Hope, so I hope, I hope it was time print. just randomly, I want a good comic, I don't I like to Because yeah. I just, I, I follow a lot of comic shops all over the world on Twitter. And this week, the complete, before we recorded, the complete Omega Man collection came out. And everyone was like, we've sold all the copies. We got a copy. Yeah. Got but those are the reasons. Actually, too. actually, I read uh, Tom King's tweets. And he said that... All over New York City, all of the stores have sold out of Omega Men. But how much did they pre-order? That's my question. No. Did they pre-order correctly? That's my question. Did they expect? This is. We're talking about New York. We're talking about Midtown. Okay. They they ordered a lot. They know what to order. Yeah, they know what to order. Yeah, but I know. They they order based on what and how much they expect to sell. Obviously, they did not expect to sell this much. Which is good. It means it outperforms expectations. I hope. I hope. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, so, yeah okay. Wait, no. Dark Knight. Yeah, so the bridge between the two, I think, is yeah. the Dark Knight. Yeah. Basically, I, I know what happened. I happens, disagree, but okay. I, just, I, I have a scenario here, and I, and I want to share it with you guys, and I want you to tell me if you think this is plausible. Okay. I think what happened was DC was moving from New York to Burbank, right? Yeah. While they were in transit, there was this coffin that they were moving. Mm -hmm. Somebody bumped into it and popped the lock. Mm -hmm. And then just like in Tales from the Crypt, Frank Miller was like, Ah, after 10,000 years, I'm free. It's time to write comics about whores. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then, um, you know, Dan DeDeal was like, Well, he's out now, I guess we, we sort of have to, don't we? So basically, you know, DC has now a before Watchmen. It had a before Sandman. With Sandman, they had greater success, like, on the media because Neil Gaiman's name was actually attached to it. And uh, Alan Moore wasn't there to say, Don't touch my property! Yeah. That's a great Alan Moore. (laughs) That is excellent. (laughs) Alan Moore, what are you doing in this room? How'd you came in? Yeah. My dear alerted everything to your evil plans. Uh... Basically, I believe, like, and I think we're going to say it again, they're revisiting their old classic, The Greatest Hits, their actual evergreens, and they wanted Miller's name attached to it at some level. And and it said that, you know, and Frank himself said uh, in an interview, that it's mostly Brian's game, and he's just there to authenticate, give comments, etc., etc. Basically, he's meeting with Brian every other month to go over plot, to make some uh, make some laughs and all. Which explains so much of what's happening to Brian Azzarello right now. Yeah. Okay. But but basically, I, I, I won't be surprised if like we're going to see other great Vertigo properties being revisited of that time, or other great... Like, even well, the- Holly Black is working on Lucifer now. Yeah. Not only that, and there were reports of the fact that Dan DiDio came to Brian Boland and asked him to do Killing Joke 2, but he said no. Wisely so. Yeah. I mean, he was asked, and he said... We saw their take on the Killing Joke 2. I, 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 I assume Brian Boland's reaction was... No, he said... Get off my house. No. Get out. It's, yeah, it's... It, here's the thing. With Sandman, it worked because it's Neil Gaiman, and... So far, DC 
you know, they've respected Neil Gaiman. They've, they've been, okay, this is a guy, he's a super successful writer. He doesn't need us. We need him. And therefore, whenever they want to do something Stanley-related, even when they bring, brought out Death to do a guest appearance in a Superman title, when the Paul Cornell wrote it, the Paul Cornell. They were like, okay, Neil, is it okay? Yes. And then he actually gave Neil Gaiman the script and like, is this is this line okay? Would she say yes. this? Yes. Yeah, but also, but, you, but have to, also... you have to consider that Neil Gaiman's name sells books. Like actual books yeah. without pictures. Yeah, but, but there's but... something else there. It's also the fact that if you take Gaiman at his word, right? This is what he said about Sandman Overture. Is that this was always a part of the story that he had intended to tell. Yeah. And that he never got around to it for whatever reason, as opposed to before Watchmen, which is something like, was this supposed to happen this way? Did more think no, about the this? Answer in is no. No. no, but but absolutely not. For, for foreign listeners, like our non-Israeli listeners, has anyone here entered uh, at Summit Spring, which is like a Barnes and Noble, an Israeli Barnes and Noble? They have these books now, Neil Gaiman's. Aztec, Neil Gaiman. Sure. They have these books with, the publisher just wants Neil Gaiman's name on it. I assume this he wanted Neil Gaiman's name on it. But he actually wrote it. Yeah, it's not just the name. And, 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 and everyone got their way with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing like Dark Knight 3 is like a nice compromise. You have Miller's name on it, but you get, I hope you get the better parts of Miller, like, no. <laughs> no, you don't. No, no, you don't. You can't get the best of Miller because the best of Miller is not best. The better. best of Miller rotted away not, somewhere in 1988. Not, not best. The better parts of Miller as a writer. Yeah. No. Now, as a Dark Knight reader, mm-hmm. yes, I I actually think that on the surface it's a good story if you don't get into like hidden meanings and that, and treat it as a Batman story proper but it's, or a DC. But here's the thing. It's not. Once you call it the Dark Knight 3, you're, you're not comparing it to just any Batman story. You're asking for a comparison for, at worst, and, and if this is not me, who's a huge 1980s Frank Miller fan, one of the greatest Batman stories of all time, and at best, one of the greatest comic book stories of all time. Dark Knight yeah. Strikes Again? No. Oh, okay. No, holy terror. Sean. And if you ask them for that comparison, and they've been asking for it, they put Frank Miller's name on it, they call it Dark Knight 3. Even if they just brought in Miller and say, this is a Miller-Azarello team-up on a Batman store, and we call it Future Batman, or Batman Beyond the Hidden Years, or whatever. Or just Batman the Master Race. Like like Paul Pope's Batman 100. Yes, it would have called for comparison for Batman U1. Yeah, it's completely different. But once you ask for once you're asked for it, well, you're gonna get I it. And I think we DC and saying that they've asked for it. Cool. Way to go as a victim blaming. Nice job. Yes, buddy. they are the victims. They're in the that video. awkward silence, in, in, in the world of <laughs> that, that video in now, t- way speak, too short. Speaking of asking for, for for bad comparisons, when you're comparing yourself to Watchmen with certain title called Rebirth Number One oh, or DC Special Rebirth Number One. The rebirth of DC special... I don't know what the full title is. Okay. We're going miscarriage. We're yeah. going rebirth. Yes. Well, here me and Tom, we have already had this discussion yeah. where we but are... But in Hebrew, so yeah. there are... Yeah, so we it. have uh, very different opinions about it. I really enjoyed rebirth. I mean, I... You know, my... You're talking reading, about... To clarify, you're talking about the rebirth one-shot... Both are one-shot and, and, and the concept of, sort of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, together. Like, I, 
I'm not a new 52 fan at all. I love DC. Like, before the 52 was all DCU. That's where I got into comics. Those are the comics I read and loved and all that. I was so disappointed when the 52 came. And I was very, very bitter. And the rebirth, yeah, sure, it's a ploy to get our money. Everything is a ploy to get our money. It's a comic book industry. You know, that, that's the meaning of the word industry. But Rebirth, at the issue now, I'm talking about the issue Rebirth, it was nice. It was fun. It was light and warm. And yeah, they shot on the Watchmen. But, you know, they shot on Watchmen way before that. It was before Watchmen, which we already talked about. So I don't care about that. I care about getting the characters I love back, getting the universe I love back. And I feel that I've got it. And with the, I didn't read many of the issues of the, you know, the rebirth and the issues that came after, but the ones which I've read were good. They were fun. I enjoyed them, you know. So yeah. I, I'm happy with it. And the, the highlight is, is that you're Superwoman. Getting, the problem is that, yes, you're getting the universe that you like back. And obviously I can't identify with it because for me, I was never about, you know, a particular iteration of, the, of that fictional universe. But even if you're getting it back, you're getting it back at the hands of the same creators who, per your own admission, ruined it. Ruined it because the, most of the most of the people working on the post rebirth DC are the same people who did the yeah. 50 and they're DC. also the same people that worked on the D- old DCU and the same people that worked in DC before that. I mean, Dan D has been in DC how many years already? Yeah, I mean, eleven years. Over a decade. I mean. Yeah, he's the same. Those are the same people that did the Union Fifty Two. They're not going to change. They're not going to change the staff. You know, those are people we're stuck with. We can hope. Let us have some hope. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Maybe Superboy Prime will come uh, and, and punch him. You know, <laughs> maybe we'll get rid of him. No, but yes. so fast, I'm going to keep my hopes realistic and say, yeah, we're stuck with those people. At least let those people do their jobs as we like them, as I want them, as I like them. Well, let me ask you this then, because. So you're taking the position Rebirth is the return of the pre-52 with everything that comes with it, right? Like, the, this is a return of the universe that was lost in the internet. In a way. I mean, For better I, or worse. One of, one of the things that I really liked about Rebirth is that they didn't completely cancel the new 52. Because I, you know, I know what it's like when somebody comes and scratches away the universe, which I love, in order to bring things back for they used to love from the 80s in the case of the... So, you know, I they didn't scratch away the 52. The 52 still exists and many of the things that were in the 52 are still there, which one, one of the examples that I really like about it is the two Wallys. I mean, I was really scared that it was bringing Wally, Wally West, the redhead Wally, back. They're going to erase the progress they made by having Black Wally West exist, you know. And they didn't. They left the both of them. They're both Wally West. They're both exist. And they're both, they're not even from different universes or anything like that. They're cousins, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, I like yes, that. I like that you still have the same. Fury Jr. confusing. But, but you see, you bring that up. And yet, when we think of Nick Fury now, it is the Samuel L. Jackson character. Yeah. I mean, that change has taken root. I think. I think the only is thing that is it the Marvel universe, or yeah, still keeping the two Fury. No, no, I think no, the, no, no, the, the old guy was a Legend Model decoy oh, in, oh, right, right. Like, in like, original. It's what happens when you put Windows 10 in Shield computers. They <laughs> yeah. start popping on Nick yeah, Fury. I think. I think uh, the only thing that doesn't work with Nick Fury for me now is that. 
Maria Hill is above him in station because he's Nick Fury Jr. Mm. and mm. it conflicts with the movie. I don't know how they resolve that, but mm. back to Rebirth. I think Rebirth works for better or worse, and then I'm going to talk about the Rebirth issue, uh, the Rebirth issue, and the Rebirth line. Now, the things I read most uh, from Rebirth currently is the Batman line, which is, I think, objectively better uh, currently. You know, you have. Tim City Nightwing, which is basically the Nightwing version of Grayson, which was good. You have Tom King writing Batman, which... It's is a Batman version of, like, of yeah. Grayson, no, no, which no. is good. No, Tom King, I think he had a rough start on Batman, especially if you get David Finch as an artist, you get a rough start on Batman. Yeah. But it turns out but the last issue was really, really good. I... Uh, and Batgirl by Hope Larsen and Raphael Albuquerque... Detective Comics, which is the title I expected to enjoy the least, is one of the titles I enjoy most because it gives you exactly what Rebirth promised, which is going the back pre- to the, the pre fifty two century mentality with the modern twist. Yep. You have the Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Kane, uh, Tim Drake, the dynamic of that, and you have Batwoman treated well, and you have her spot after it got shuffled off during the new 52, and the bat line is really, really strong right now. I don't... Did I miss anything? You have All-Star Batman, which is also, like, a good twist, like... All-Star Batman is... I wouldn't exactly call a rebirth despite the tag, because it was basically, and Scott Snyder said that, the ideas he had left from yeah. his run. But it doesn't feel like it's wrong. It Ex- doesn't feel like... I, it you're right, feel, because... First of all... It doesn't feel like the 53rd issue. It feels yeah. like a new direction. First of all, That's the most noticeable know. change about All-Star Batman number one is that unlike the entirety of Snyder's run, we're not in Gotham anymore, Toto. It's not where Capullo, I think, that's the big that too. Yeah, that no, but like I'm you're taking, on a road trip. I'm, you're like not yeah, in the city. Yeah, it's, it's thematically completely different. Okay. And you don't have the narration. Many things have changed in this run. Let the, me ask uh, you something. Wait, I want to compliment that. Uh, if we have a strong bat line, we have a batshit crazy Superman line. Okay? Because the first issue of Action Comics that, you know, they relaunched uh, renumbered, retro numbered, I think retro numbered will be the case. Probably. The retro numbered issue of Action Comics, like, the almost 1,000th issue of Action Comics. You have Luther dressed as a combination of Iron Steel Man. and Iron Man. Yeah. You have pre-52 Superman who shaves his beard to fight Luther. He you had have, a beard? You have yeah, to differentiate, yeah. to distinguish between, between all DC, all DCU Superman and the New Fifty Two yeah. uh, Superman. One of them had he, a beard. He looks in and the a wife. he looks, but a beard to distinguish. He part. looks in the mirror and shoots laser beams at his at his beard to shave. He did the same thing in the and Oh, that all trick. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. And and he goes off. They basically say New Fifty Two Superman's version is dead, but you have a Clark Kent. Which nobody knows who he is, and then Green jumps through Doomsday shows up, and that happens. Ladies Green and jumps through Doomsday. Ladies and gentlemen, and that Dan Jurgens. I'm that, bewildered. Wait, I'm, I'm, and that and that happens after um, after the pre fifty two Superman explains to 
New 52 Lan Lang about the regeneration matrix. And also, before, we find out that Lois, that new 52 Lois Lane... You're making a complicated story. You're making it even worse. Lang, a new Lan Lang... Wait, wait, wait. New Next on The Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> red and Blue Superman. <laughs> yeah. They have Electric Red Superwoman now, which is New 52 Lan Lang. Yeah, I understood have... exactly two words from that entire okay, summary. I will Lana say Lang. it because he doesn't know how to... Okay. No, the, 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 no, no. Instead of summary. It's not, it's not important to the uh, podcast. You know, the, the exact summary. The, yeah. the point is, as you said before, it's confusing. And it's part of the, the big issue with the DC oh, universe. It's confusing, but like, I, I only read um, the, Superman is the one with uh, John Ken, right? Yeah, the, the Patrick Gleason. Yeah, I read uh, Superman's yeah. uh, like there's a few a few issues of the Pat- of the Gleason uh, Superman yeah, and Gleason Superwoman. Tomas, yeah. And I didn't read any of this other stuff at all. Mm-hmm. And I still understand the story. I mean, once you get into it, when you know when you, the story itself is contained and doesn't you know talk too much about the shit going on in the other issues. So each issue, ha- each you know series has its own crazy stuff separately. Mm-hmm. When you talk about them together as a whole, it sounds like a shit storm. The, but the it that, sounds like a malfunctioning wiki page. Each series in itself and you know does you know it makes sense and you can read it and it's not as confusing as it all sounds when you talk about the whole thing as so, a whole. So hang on, I want to pose a question to all three of you that's sort of a continuation of a discussion that Tom and I had when Rebirth first started. We're here not even a year into the post-Rebirth, right? Into this three months. three months. It's been three months. We are not six yeah. months in. Yeah, based, based, on the, based on the <laughs> yeah. track record of what we know in terms of how DC has handled these turnovers, right? From New 52 to DCU to Rebirth. Do you, as readers, have faith that this direction will, that they will commit to this direction more so than they did in the past? They don't commit to anything, but... Does but, that change how you read books? No. And, well, one of the things that I do like about Rebirth is that, unlike 52, where, like, okay, starting from today, everything is 52, with Rebirth, you, you still have the 52, like going on and slowly they're changing it. So, you know, let's say Super Sense, which I'm really waiting to read, is only coming out in 2017. I mean, the series which they promised as Rebirth, not all of them are out yet, and the ones which are out, you know, they, they, come, out, they come out with a new series every few weeks. So you don't have to jump into all the new series all the time, you know, right into everything, you know, pop, you know have your uh, uh, subscription burst to full, mm. which is much... It's a much easier transition into a new universe. Yeah. And it's, you know, it makes you, it's easier for you as a reader, you know, instead of having like a subscription, which you're never going to read everything at once, you know. So you can have a few series and then, you know, okay, this is not good. I can get it off and this is you know, new, so I'll put it on and all that. I feel, I feel like they've finally found the right way. Because, you know, as I said, I was, like, with one leg out the door. And then they announced the whole series, the whole line, and I was like, okay, okay, this is it for me. Take me, DC, I love you once I again. I so excited. You don't and want to say that to Eddie Braganza. He might what? actually take you up on that. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. So, anyway. So the announcement of the line sort of got you back yeah, into Yeah, because it. the teams were so strong, and... 
the direction sound fantastic. And it feels good. It feels like something new. Which means that in two weeks from now, I'm probably going to... Unbirth. Yeah. <laughs> After birth. I, 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 don't, I don't have faith that you're not going to change everything in a few weeks. But, you know... For now hopefully, it's okay. Hopefully, you know, seeing those things are double shipping... Mm. So you're gonna get a few trades off these series, like no matter what. I mean, they're mm. not gonna change the line, yeah. you know, in enough time for them to not but collect the, a few trades. Yeah, the and hand, you're gonna have those stories. But on the other hand, the double shipping seems to be hurting the artist. And you get it like immediately after the rebirth starts, you get like another. Like, oh, we're exactly. doing a crossover. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the major issue. You, you, that's get, the you, get me, you get me to, the, to, to my problem. Um, basically, like, every relaunch, everything, you always pick up the books you're interested in, and you don't, like, I don't care about Green Lantern anymore, like, yeah. I, I, I kind of cared when Jones made it good, and then I didn't care when he made it bad, so I don't read Green Lanterns, I don't read Justice League, I read Wonder Woman for Gagoka Drum, which is also, by the way, very, very good, and also Gagoka said that he's in for 24 issues, issues. So we know that's happening. Well, so he says. Yeah. Uh, so he's signed. He has but, a contract. But it started. So. It started out all right. It started out like issues started good, and then you're starting to see the cracks. You're starting to see like the Batman books are going into a crossover, which I guess I assume wasn't planned because a they it's not it. written by any of the current writers mm. of. The books, it's written by Steve Orlando, which is a good yeah, he's writer. he's a good writer. He's, he's a, a great writer. He's co-writing it, though. No, he's writing... He's, with, with the actual writer. But he's the, the only one. He's the only That's one. That's even messier. No, like, yeah. the Batman books are going to be written by Steve Orlando and Tom King. Uh. Like, he's writing every issue... But every, but he's writing every issue in series, series with the writer of the series. Input, yeah. I assume it's because they're getting into delays this early in the run. And if their solution is to have a crossover to buy a leading time, then I'm not satisfied with that solution. Also, we have series that, is, that are already being delayed. Like the Super Sun series, which we have concept art from, from Jorge Molina. You know, you have an artist, they didn't have an, a writer, and apparently they still don't. But they, um, never, they never gave us a date for Super yeah, Sons. No, they said, they said fall of 2016. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. They said fall of 2016, now they're to 20... Yes, now it's to 2017. 2017. And also, lastly, um, and you see that because, like, um, one of the things that excited me was Marcus Stowe on Nightwing. Yeah. He had a great run on Red Robin back in the day in the Batman Reborn Reverse, like when Batman and Robin by Morrison started. He had a great run, and he wanted to see him on Nightwing. And we're up to issue 9 in the solicits, and his name doesn't pop up. He's still doing his creator. Oh, like, yeah, right. It makes what's, me what's his name? Ryder or something? What? Joyride by Joy Boom. Mm. Yeah, mm. which is, I, and, and I get why he would. Do his take, own series. Do his creator own series and dedicate a lot of time to it. But he, he's but been he, signed up to a series yeah. with DC. I and, wonder, you know, did where he, is he? Did he leave it off? Did DC leave it off? It's, we don't get much word on it. It's the same thing that we had with the New 52, which apparently they didn't give the creators enough time for the turnaround. They've announced it so early, like, oh, we're doing a whole line wide reboot and here's your new, and you're gonna do a new direction. 
these new creative teams because sure. let's think of the timeline of the we had the DCU launch mm-hmm. we had like five six months of that mostly straight and then the cracks in the sales started to appear and six months later they're like oh rebirth so six months is not enough time to you know navigate this the huge that's universe. probably where the whole Raka and Cho thing started because I, I just no I, I yeah. get, that's way I, too long I get that they've been desperate uh, sales wise and these and rebirth needed to happen financially. Hmm. I think. But they need I, think I, think, I, I think they've jumped the gun. I, think, just, I, I think, think they have. If you look, I think part of it was planned. You know, they just so happened to finish the fifty-two project on the fifty-second issue of every book. Like that's too on the noun. And you know, mm-hmm. they, they also have. I think they have fiscal justification for it. If you look at the new fifty-two, it started in September, and each September that followed had. Like a theme month, like a zero yeah. issue, mm-hmm. a villains month, etc. Terrible cover month, yeah. Right. Yeah, the the <laughs> DCU YOU, which we talked about a minute ago, started on June, which is three months before September. Also, this relaunch started in June. I think they have fiscal justification. You have to remember that this company, especially since DC turned from DC Comics to DC to Entertainment. DC Entertainment. When mm-hmm. I tag DC in Alinon in our website, I write DC Entertainment and DC Comics if that applies. Mm. You see? Because I think DC Entertainment is the one leading the line. And they have to keep in line and they have to answer to Diane Nelson, which and came s- over speaking to Overshadow. Uh, before so we move, that. before speaking of DC Entertainment, sort of like a segue into our, our next company, but beforehand, does anyone want to say any words about the DC films that we've had this year? Crap. Besides, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, why? I think, oh. I think BBS, the Ultimate Edition is better. I think. Which is, you know, we set the standard yes. so low, it's better. No, 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 no. I, I see, after seeing BBS in the. And, and people come up to me and say, oh, you're just like. Quoting critics, and then, and then I tell them I am a critic. Yeah. I saw the critics. I saw no, no, no. I saw them. I saw. I saw them in the pre-screening before any word of it, before the embargo dropped, and yeah. and I kept. I went to the cafe. She jumped all the way to the cinema. She said, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." All morning. I'm gonna see Wonder Woman. I'm gonna see Wonder Woman. At what well, point was it like? Oh God. Thirty minutes. When am Thirty I minutes. Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes of the two and a half hours. Oh dear. Of the of the film. No, we we went in. We were really disappointed, and uh, I've seen uh, the Ultimate Edition at the request of one of our dear friends, Mayan. Shout out! And uh, also from she was Fangirl. she was actually she's in been on the show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I find and I found it and I've seen it, and I've seen it with her and another friend of ours, and it is actually better. Like the Superman plot is Martha actually, still there. Martha, Martha is the only irredeemable, irredeemable. Martha, the only, the only two irredeemable things in the movie are the Martha thing and the uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Huh? Jesse Eisenberg. The Batman. No, movies? I like Jesse Eisenberg. The, Jar the, of P. The yeah, the okay. the hallucination of uh, of Bruce Wayne. Which like, one? The, all of them. All of them. If you, I, I, I want someday to have to 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 edit my own version of the ultimate version. <laughs> well. Because when we saw it, we skipped the yet again murder of the Waynes. Oh, God. Oh. Mm. We skipped straight to uh, the, the fall of Metropolis. Uh-huh. That's where I think you should start the film. I, th- I think you can cut the 
the premonition that Bruce Wayne had because again I don't think Bruce Wayne doesn't have psychic powers. He no, does not need to no, have vision. He does never, never mind that. I don't think it's going to play Unless out. Unless it's vision well, by Tom I don't, King. I don't think setting, that... setting BVS aside for a while because I think like regardless of the merits of the Ultimate Edition, the theatrical version sucks. Yeah. Is what it is. Uh, what were our feelings on The Killing Joke? Haven't seen it. Can we seen not? Can I we wanted to not? see it then I heard about what they did and I chose not to say a that. wise decision yeah. Titan, Titan, Titans versus JLA was very well, oh yes that, that was really okay. fun I mean it's completely silly but like, really like it, it was very fan service which yeah. is what this film should you be you had Damien Wayne and Beast Boy in a DDR battle also, that sounds fantastic also yeah. the, the, the only fault in uh, the latest Batman feature before Uh, the Killing Joe was that they didn't have the Taylor Swift song. That was not the only problem. <laughs> they did Batwoman so wrong yeah, there. They, like, they, she deserved so much better. It was, in Fangirls, What? we talked about the trilogy of the Bat uh, animated films that they had. And, you know, some of them, like, the second one was so, so yeah, bad. Yeah, Batman versus Robin. They Robert. should just change the name to Batman. Bad man. I mean, we, we, we watched, we watched the trilogy, uh, like, with Maya, and, like, we, we watched all three, sort of. Wow. Like, to get, like, to almost back yeah. to back. And, you know, but bad, bad blood is bad blood? Bad blood? Bad blood. Bad blood. Yeah. Somebody's bleeding somewhere. <laughs> yes. It's definitely better than uh, Batman vs. Robin, the second one. You know, hmm. Batman vs. Robin. It's the best of the three. It's the best of the three. Okay. And it's, you know, it's not a terrible movie. Also, It has many flaws. But it's not a terrible, terrible movie. Suicide Squad thoughts? Did anyone watch Fun, the... Fun, stupid. Did anyone watch The Assault on Arkham? Yes, yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah. Years yeah. Ago. I, I, a, but that was a while ago, though. People keep popping online saying if you didn't like the Suicide Squad movie, go watch Assault on Arkham. You'll you just didn't. come out feeling exactly the same. If you didn't like the Suicide Squad movie... Watch The Dirty Dozen or Escape from New York. Or read Copra. Or, yeah, or, or read uh, A Stranger Suicide any, Squad. Yeah, any other story that does the prisoners sent on a death mission, which is a well-worn trope at this point, it's been done better. Yeah, Suicide Squad is just a bad movie. Well, Suicide... Uh, I enjoyed Suicide Squad, but, you know, it's not a smart movie. You're all my family. No. You know, it, it was fun. It was okay. stupid. Way too many people survive, you know, <laughs> Suicide crashes. Squad. I, I, I mean... When you get off your third helicopter crash in a day without a scratch. Also, I mean, that kind of breaks. Also, like, if they just movie. shot down a helicopter, maybe don't send another one. And if that one gets shot down, maybe the third yeah. one. Maybe What? have Chris maybe Evans. Maybe walk. You know, all the, all all the, the helicopter in a fan service. All the exposition that you yeah. of the film, they forgot to mention. Why have why you chosen them for this mission? Oh, they all have... They all have Helicopter-related powers. <laughs> go, go, gadget copter. Yes, they all, they all have crashed surviving superpowers. I think, oh, I think, I think that would be the it problem. Was a, this was a fun movie. I think, I think it could have been a, a better movie. I think the people hating it... Uh, well, I don't, never mind that. Me. No, never mind that. Um, We're when, expecting when I got, a smarter movie. When, when I got into Coherent? The, when I got into the cinema, I think... Yes. It makes sense. No, but I think, I think the, the editing... In the very comic book... Yeah, but, but, why, but why was Enchantress, like, the whole time she's doing her spell, she's like... <laughs> yes. Okay, so speaking of Chris Evans, oh, yeah, you brought him up. Let's talk about... <laughs> That's a weird connection. I mean, you did bring him up. And, and, and an excuse to move on. Marvel Comics. An excuse to bring up uh, Chris Evans holding uh, yeah. the helicopter. Sure. 
So, Aviva, how are Marvel doing these days? Yes. It's my turn to talk again. Because you didn't talk so long. We haven't heard from you in so long. How's Marvel doing these days? How's Marvel doing? I don't know how Marvel's doing. How are you doing? Um, Okay, Marvel's basically been on, I think, a a relatively straight course since 2012, since the Avengers movie with Marvel Now, which I also think is an aptly named title. Because Marvel's always been about the now. Yeah, they don't think about the future. Wait, I'm going to get to that. (laughs) They don't think about the future nor the past. Um, They're just about the now, selling the issues. I think we're seeing more and more Marvel doesn't invest in trades that often. Uh, I don't think they don't have... We talked about evergreen trades for DC. Marvel seems to don't have them. But again, I think they choose not to have them. Because currently, um, you don't really have much of um, much interest uh, in in terms of Marvel on the Bendis Avengers run or the Brubaker Avengers run, the the Fraction uh, Iron Man one uh, run. Both the Captain America and the Iron Man runs won Eisner's. You don't see them. The Greg Pak uh, um, Planet Hulk runs. You don't see any reference to them whatsoever. Even the Hickman Love, which ended a year ago in the culmination of the greatest event of Secret Wars, don't see any reference. The Avengers now are what's the Avengers now. That's Marvel for you. And I think they're doing that on perfect on purpose. Trades don't bring them the same revenue as commercials. Like, as as uh, floppies do because they don't sell Commercial. Scott McCloud had a Twitter conversation where he asked, he said, I, I'm literally not in the mainstream market for years. What's the prices of comics nowadays? Some, somebody told him, like, oh, Marvel comic right now, it's either 4 or $5 an issue. He said, so if I was selling my new graphic novel for the same price per page, it will cost me $19? 88.5. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. You see, that's, that's good. You can't, now, look. Shipping of floppies, a printing of floppies, it's different. I get it. I get the pricing. A, they're pushing the price. They're pushing to $6 already. Yeah. 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 And also, they get revenue from commercial. This is doing it by double shipping. They get twice as many ads because they do twice as many books. And that's okay because they get twice as many stories and they've lowered the price, which is also a huge point in rebirth. Which yeah. we haven't talked about. Yeah, I'm definitely... DC, um, DC, not Marvel. DC is setting the line at two ninety nine, and, you know, even if you're getting the double shipping, so it's actually $6 per month... It's still two comics. It's still co- two it's comics. It's 40 and, pages know, of content. You yeah. still, that, that's the bottom line. You, yeah. pay, you get 40 pages of comics for $6 versus 20 pages of comics for $4. Now, Marvel also does double shipping, but you can't plan your pull list around that. They just decide, now we're going to do an annual. We're going to get two issues now. Now it's a crossover. And, that's and this one with, costs $7. And that's the thing with the now. If you're always about the now, you're, also, you're always about the monthly sales. And that's why they keep rebuilding it. The thing with Marvel is, they've seen rising sales for every number one, and they've started doing lots and lots and lots and lots of more variants. And every number one gets what's, that. What's the longest? 
Yeah. Eighteen. What's, what's the highest number? Yeah. Eighteen. 18 uh, uh, between like uh, I think the previous for November out. Either November. Yeah. That's the highest number is eighteen. Eighteen. That's crazy. That's Deadpool. So, what? So that's one of the things yeah. I hate about the Marvel issues. The fact that you can't. You know, you're. I'm reading Spider Gwen, and I have Spider Gwen one, Spider Gwen one, Spider Man two, Spider Man one, Spider. It's like the, it's annoying. It's like in Squirrel Girl, only our second number one this year. Exactly. It's, it's in Squirrel Girl. It's in Howard the Duck. It's in Ant Man. You know, it, Nick Spencer talked about it. The reason that the new Ant Man series is called the Astonishing Ant Man and not just Ant Man is because he said a year from now, a year from now, someone's going to go to Comicsology to Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to have. Two Ant-Man number one from 2016. Yeah, Chip has this problem with Howard the Duck. Yeah, of course. It's great. Miss you know, Marvel even has now two number ones you know, in a year No, now. They don't, one is 2015, one is 2016, and one yeah. is 2017. You know, yeah. you know, that, like, the thing is, you know, the Marvel Unlimited uh, app also has an editorial order, a reading order list now. In order to guide you on how to read Marvel comics, because you, because can't, you, you can. can't go and read. You know, I want to start reading this and this series. Okay, which number one do I start but, from? And but then, I want, then where's the number two of it? It's it's impossible. But I want but I want to talk about the comics now. Yeah, uh, that seems to be the financial driving force, which is the driving force behind the company, and the way it translates into the product is that. It, they don't seem to try and sell me stories. They try to sell me single issue. They try to sell me plot twists. That when you do Civil War Two, uh, Civil War Two, that's again, air quotes, a plot twist. When you're doing um, two the, events a year, uh, not three. Spi- yeah, two events a year. Spider-Man is now kissing uh, Spider-Gwen. Everything is seem to be plot twist and Miles not Morales. plot driven. They seem to be going. Only to sell you the single issue, and I think it gets away from the story. Each and every month, I see my Marvel titles dropping from my pool list. Basically, currently, I'm for we are following uh, yeah. Thor. Where I think we're dropping Spider-Man. We're gonna so drop after this. We're gonna go to our local comic, uh, comic book store, uh, the Eisner-nominated uh, store, Comicada. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and last year we had, what, three, four Marvel we series had, on had, our list, and more. now we only have, you know, we're only sticking with Thor, pretty much. Mm. When, when they started the Marvel Now, it made sense. They gave focus for the Avengers book, like, they, they had a new run on Thor, they had a new run on Captain America, the old runs felt tired, they needed to refresh, that was good. After that, they had, they had all new Marvel Now, which focused on the Sinisters, which gave us Miss Marvel, which gave, which gave us the uh, Charles Hall, uh She-Hulk, which was fine. Squirrel which Girl. gave us mm. Squirrel Girl. No, that came later. Which gave us uh, Storm, which gave us Storm. like no, individual Storm. individual series mm-hmm. on the C-listers. And then shit got crazy. This they, sta- they started... No, so this was before. Now, now, was a brand this new is, now, was a this is when they started. This now. is when they saw that turning Thor into a female, like, like look, giving the mantle to a female, giving the cat mantle, mantle to an African American, which were all like justified by the plot. It gave them great, great um, publicity. Yeah, great publicity. Uh, people were talking, but people aren't buying likes. They might pick up the first issue. 
but they don't pick up the but second. But what about the second first issue? You know, <laughs> that's the first issue. That's the thing. You know, in the current iteration of Marvel, they had a campaign. You like the first issue, find out what's next in the second. They, 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 they are having such a hard time selling second issues. Because they convinced the public that the first issue is everything that matters. Yeah. 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 You, can't, right. you can't keep on launching stuff as first issue and saying... Well, this is the one that matters, and then being surprised. It well, feels look, like going back to the collector's look, it, boom and to the, mm, or, and yeah. to the, to the speculator's boom and to the dark age of comics, and we're not in the 90s anymore. If you're Grow doing, up! If you're mm-hmm. doing the, the Mike Mignola model, also, that's fine. You can, give it, you can do a series of miniseries, but then miniseries don't sell. Yeah. So what are they doing? They're giving us miniseries and presenting them as ongoings. And they keep doing that, and they and they shortcut themselves each and every time. And they're not not only they're selling them as ongoing. It seems that it feels like they're telling the creators that they're ongoing, mm. and the creators are writing under the assumptions that okay, I'm going to be able to tell the story I'm planning, and then they're not. They, they, they don't get Night the Hulk time. Has canceled five issues in, which means that by the time issue one came out and they saw the sales, they must have known. That's not gonna last. And you mm-hmm. know, I like Nighthawk. I'm not surprised that it's so low no. because it was a also, very who niche gives, comic. It was a spin-off of a spin-off. Who gives a series to Nighthawk? Like seriously, why are we trying to make Spider and Supreme happen? Yeah, yeah. 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 Spider and Supreme happen. It's not gonna you happen. Know, you know, after you think it's off because Jane Foster Thor and Spalcap happen uh, got stuck, and because Miss um, Marvel got. What a hit! You think you're gonna throw shit on the fan and see what sticks? Well, there's a Marvel, difference. Marvel though. is literally drowning the market in comics. They have like 70 issues every a month. month. Really? It's, that's crazy. That's insane. It's, and I, I and don't know how editorial can manage no, that. And my theory is that it's really is. It's, it's less about actually publishing the comics and seeing what sticks. It's more about drowning out the competition because Marvel needs but to show. Don't. But they don't because... because DC has the best sales this well, month. Yeah. And it's been forever since DC had top sales. Yeah, yeah. they had top sales this month. No, but two months. Two months, yeah. Two months. They have they have greater share market in for two months now. And you know, you know, and this... And that's Marvel, and Marvel answers to every time they feel threatened by DC. A, renumber. B, publish more. And events. And events. All the events. Which brings me to a point which not... Which is not originally mine. Uh, in the sketch podcast um, off panel, yeah. they had um, the I don't know, nominated the local comic book store, the Big Ben Comics. They had the owner of that. He had the the owner of that, and he asked him about this was you know pre rebirth and pre Civil War two, and he asked him what do you think about like as as, as a retailer, what do you think of DC and Marvel, and he said a very wise thing. He trusts DC more because DC's move seems proactive, whereas Marvel's move seems reactive. DC knew this so bad, so they took a turn. Marvel's turn is basically like, you know, we have a movie going out, coming out, we might as well make, a, we'll make an event, which is fine, which is fine, I get that, I get that, but what they don't realize is how the market reacts to that. What he said was, and this is very interesting, that the interest in the comics the film was well based on came up to the release of the film, and not before. Excuse me, not after. 
meaning the interest in the Civil War trades were up until the release of the film. And okay. so and after the film came out, it drops. Presumably because they read the trade and they were like, oh, hell no. No, either they no, read the trade they the or film. they've watched the movie. So a, you know, I watched the movie, I'm not going to now go read the comic book because I already yeah. know what's going it, on. Isn't it isn't better, you know, to have like Civil, Civil War, War 2 running up to, up to the movie and then have a trade for the movie? It is, but you don't get the money in the summer and that's where they fiscally have to justify themselves because last summer they had an event. They had secret wars, and they had to follow that with something. So let me ask, sort of uh, opening it up here to everyone, um, you mentioned a few titles that you're following now, right? Yeah. You're following Mighty Thor. We followed yeah. up till now uh, Spider-Gwen together, and I was following uh, Miss Marvel. Okay. But Miss Marvel got into a title, yeah. so you broke I, that. I, the, the minute an issue I'm following, a series I'm following gets into a big major ti- uh, 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 event and ties in, I dropped the series. I have the exact I, same policy. You know, I have no desire to start reading, you know, all those stupid ass events. Yep. So yeah, I really loved Miss Marvel. We and you know, maybe I'll return to it now that the event finished, but you know, I don't have faith in Marvel. I don't fa- have faith that I'll get, put Miss Marvel back on my uh, subscription and, you know, in another three months I'll have to go cancel it again because he's going to get into another event, you know. You know. You know. I, was, I was reading about... Uh, a dozen Marvel books before the whole now new whatever and when the I'm down went. to the mighty Thor Doctor Strange and Moon Knight with Jeff Lemire because these are the only three books Marvel are publishing that are not tying into anything yeah. basically the same thing I mean like, we, we went I, I'm not following anything by Marvel in month to month I'm only reading the trades of I'm reading Vision I'm reading How the Duck Vision of course but Vision's Howard, almost done Howard the Duck and Doctor Strange I, like, also, you're getting so. With uh, was but, it two years ago, a year and a half ago, there was the Loki series, and yeah. you know, I, I really wanted to read that. I really, you know, I, I got, got into the to, into it. I really wanted to start reading that, and they had and they had a crossover. Yes. Then a single two issue. Then a single have, issue. Then another crossover. Then another. They have, I read, I think, four. Yeah. Issues from that series, and I was really looking forward to that series. That was the Al Ewing, Agent of Asgard, Lee Garbutt. Yeah. 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 The, the, the rule of feeling that... is Marvel has one of the best writers in the industry right now, and they keep throwing, taking his great works and throwing them in the middle of crossovers. <laughs> but and I think Al Ewing is doing, you know, he's he's getting lemons and he's making lemonade because the books are not bad because it's Al Ewing. I, Doubt it's possible for him to write something really bad. Oh, it's possible. I've, I've, I've read New Avengers. It's possible. Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, New Avengers, Avengers is not by him. Oh, yeah, wait. Yeah, it is. It is. Newest Avengers. Exactly. Our problem is Marvel. I want to ask... I think New Avengers problem was the art didn't fit the story. No, the story sucked too. Yes. I... Speaking of your question, the, the stuff I read is the stuff that gets cancelled, so I'm, I'm, always <laughs> gonna, I'm actually kind of happy about it because I'm always worried about m- how much money I'm spending on comics, so whenever I want to read a Marvel stuff, I'm like, oh, it's okay, in five months it'll be dead. So I'm, yeah. re- I'm reading Night Talk, oh, it's cancelled, I'm reading um, Mockingbird, and this is actually ongoing now, it was supposed to be published. Wow. No, no, no. Marvel's not in publish. Marvel almost yeah. doesn't publish minis because okay. minis sell less. Now, and well, they don't. They don't. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on, guys. What, what I'm saying is, I wanna, you know, I wanna just ignore Marvel completely as as a company because I don't care about the fit. 
I don't care about the fictional universe, I don't care about the people running this show, but they have too many good people working for them yeah. when you have the Marvel money. And you can afford to hire again Al Ewing and Jason Aaron. They have Aaron, great creators. Yeah. 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 G. Willow Wilson. Yeah. When you have all these people, good comics are going to come out even if you, even if Man of is, is doing everything that it can to publish bad comics. Mm. Can, I, can I add something that um, in my run-up, I think one of the problems that Marvel had, which is, might be a good segue for our next corner, is that um, they lose talent They bleed out talent to the competition, not in terms of DC. When Secret, mm-hmm. when Secret Wars started, they bled out uh, Rick Remender, uh, the Hickman, Hickman Kelly Sulekani, and... Fraction. Fra- no, Fraction tapped out earlier, because yeah. they're all Inhumans. He, they got rid of both. Uh, yeah. both inhumanity. The inhumanity. They lost someone else, Kieran, too. Kieran Gillen Kieran is Gillen. now, Kieran, that Kieran, now only the Star Wars. No, no Vader's no. were cancelled. No, Not cancelled, or ended, sorry. Yeah. Vader ended, so Vader Gillen ended. Ended naturally without them cancelling. Yeah, he wanted, to, he wanted to end Amazing. it. That's a lot for Marvel. They, no, that's a lot for Gillen, too. They had great sales, and he chose no, to end what? it. That's really good. Gillen is usually about a 30-issue writer. You know, Journey to Mystery... You know, he usually does something between 20 to 30 issues. That's, that's a decent run. All miniseries. Yeah. And that's decent in, in these days. Who wants to read the same book for five years? I want to I do. What's if, if Assuming it's that it's good and it's the same creator, I would like it. If it quality, it doesn't no, matter. Wait, 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 I, wait, I want the creator want... to write... I want to create it to write the story he intends to write to, yeah. to think of a story yes. to think it through to have a beginning a middle and end and then the character can go on to the next creator and but when you cut the story in the middle it's not satisfying or cross it over with something else in the middle of it exactly what, what I was saying was that um, and this came up like two years ago in the bleeding cool article um, they've calculated now. Uh, yeah, they, they, they've quoted a panel at some convention on how much uh, Scott Snyder makes from uh, his paycheck from DC and royalties on Batman. Which I'm is, pretty sure that was Gillen. He posted that on his blog afterwards. Also that. Also, no, Gillen shared that. Um, how much he makes on royalties on Batman, which is top sale. Like, at the time, it was number one for some months of that year. Mm-hmm. And how much it make, he makes on Witcher with Jock. Yeah. Which is much which says much less, but yeah he actually gets money for it he gets, yeah. he gets way more of the cut and I think we saw that like Kelso didn't even bother to finish her on on Captain Marvel, which kickstarted a movie that's going to come out soon with Brie Larson yeah um Remender built the whole Captain America Hydro thing, and then it got handed over to Nick Spencer, who obviously don't know what to do with it. Or basically, what, what, no, you don't want to rephrase that. Whatever he wants to do with it doesn't seem to go with, with what the audience wants to see. And Marvel is now facing backlash on that. They lose so much talent, and they've been, they've been very reactive. And they seem to be, and now they're going to have another relaunch, right? How are they calling are they? it now? No, they're calling it Marvel now again. They decided to go back yeah. to Marvel now. Because no, what's un- what I'm interested actually simply... is in the talent that isn't leaving. Because we, we, like you said, we had the movement image words, as it were. Go image young men. <laughs> But on the other hand, we had people who are there for now for quite a long time. And Chilo Wilson 
Mm. Like, right, she is a very big name, and yeah. she doesn't seem to be but, leaving for it. No, How is she not writing champions instead of Mark Waiters? No, 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 but, but G. Willow Wilson is getting treated. You know why G. Willow Wilson doesn't leave? Mm-hmm. When Phase 2 started, you know, oh, so, in, in, in 2012 they had uh, Steve Walker, which is, in my opinion, a great editor, which shepherded. You're wrong, but that's shepherded. okay. Uh, no. He's I terrible. Not as a person, Sean. Not, your, not the arguments on the internet. And no. his job. Oh, okay. He's, a very, he's, <laughs> he's very good at parsing out talents yeah. and, and shepherding exactly. music. He's beautiful. He's the one who made um, Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel, and put Kelly Sony. He's the one who launched Hawkeye with David Acker and, uh, and Matt Fraction. He's the one who started the Hawkeyeization. If you look up on many of the books you like on Marvel of the time he was on them, yeah. they're probably from him. Like, I've started noticing editors. Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Books that other editors would, would not have made. And oh, also, yeah. the, the assistant editors he built under him, which took his place. Santa Amanat, Will mm. Moss. You know, people who do the books you like now are people he put in place before he left. Okay? So basically... Uh, it talked about Jane Wilson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jill, uh, he put Kelly uh, to the on a time where Marvel basically had almost no... Female uh, No figures. female titles. Actually, Alonzo spoke about after they've cancelled the Merger Liu uh, X-23 series... Uh, they basically had no women, female aid titles. They're not exactly drowning in them now, either. They, they have, like... Uh, they have almost four. No, they have, have four. Spider-Gwen, Miss Marvel, Squirrel Captain Marvel. Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Two creators. They have, like, nearly... They have some more. They have, they have they, nearly they, ten. They, yeah. have, they had a year of Thor. They had a year of, a year of She-Hulk, uh, of Storm. You know, a, a year of She-Hulk. They have uh, A-Force. They have. They do have them now. Um, but Kelly Sue basically launched uh, Captain Marvel, a move which seems to have the support of Marvel because Captain Marvel got into all the Avengers teams and now she gets a movie. But Kelly Sue never got the recognition. She never was yeah. invited to, to the, the Marvel movie. retreat. Yeah, the Marvel retreat. That, that she, was the story was, then. Which, yeah. her, which yeah. her husband, no, she said it before, which her husband, Matt Fraction, was invited it's to. It's crazy. She and, she and Matt were both them. leading a series. She, you know, Captain Marvel is a bigger character than Hawkeye. Yeah. And she had the bigger character and he was invited. And she had more work to do because yeah. Hawkeye was at least more familiar from the films. Captain Marvel, like Carol she, Danvers she was not. She did, she had more titles at that time. There was no reason to not, not to include her. And they didn't invite her. And they her. didn't, but and you know. Reeks. But you know, Miss Marvel broke out. And G. Wilson did get invited, which led to her, you know, getting A Force. So she isn't writing more books. She did A Force. She wrote A Force. Cancelled? No. A Force no, moved to another writer. Right? No. A, yeah. A, she launched A Force. That's she what launched A Force, and she, but she also she, wrote other well, books. I if, you, if you can, you know, you wouldn't. Why would you want to be like one of those overworked guys? Who, who have to write six books just to stay up after also, the also she's For not, recognition, I mean, Mark Wade doesn't have to write five books. No, he is. He does because he takes the money to his own digital publisher. You know, the thing about G. Will Wilson, which is also the thing about, you know... Uh, Ryan what, North. No, that. not Ryan North. No, no I'm, you know, because I'm talking about the, the, the one who won the Pulitzer, Tana Hissey Coates. Well, the thing about them, G. Will Wilson is not just a comic book writer. She does other things. 
If Marvel would ask her to, you know, to launch an, an A-list female-led Avengers group during Secret Wars, she would do that. But they but, didn't ask. No, she, they didn't. They didn't. She well, has. Really yeah. It's not so, a very good book, I have to say. Yeah, I liked, from, from what I, liked, I read, only like one or two issues. I liked it. I've, I've, I've heard good things about it. Never mind. But she does other stuff. Okay. Um, so just a few... Does anyone have any thoughts about uh, Marvel films this year? Anything that stood out? It's almost... It's, it's, like, it's like clockwork, right? Stand yeah. out. You know, they all seem to be uh, created from the same cookie cutter with the same cookie dough with the same oven. I mean... Good cookies, the, though. Good cookies. Very good cookies. Decent cookies, but, you know, sometimes I feel like a pizza instead. No, <laughs> well, no. if you're in the mood for pizza, I know where you can go. <laughs> Let's talk about image. Hmm. So, we were talking about, like, the, the great escape of talent from the big two to Image, right? Yeah. And looking back at the year that Image has had so far, and, you know, a little bit further than that, in terms of what they've been up to. First of all, this is the company that I am giving the majority of my monthly comics yeah. money to. That just goes, like, sight unseen. But I do have to still criticize them because this is a company that has very very distinct good points and bad points in terms of good points you don't know what you're going to get when you open the previews there is there are new launches every month it can be about a doctor who's a serial killer it can be space detective. It could it be about be... a murder in a space station, about a murder in a space planet. It could be about a murder in space. No, no, no. There can be... There are a lot of different types of books that Image are publishing month to month. Right? Just this week, we had Lake of Fire coming out out of nowhere about Templars and, and I don't even know. In space. And, you know, you had, of course, titles like... Uh, Rat Queens, you had uh, Birthright, Monstrous, Ringside. Ringside is not like anything that yeah. comes out, right? Chew is still running, although it's ending this year or... Yeah, January. It's, it's uh, in November. 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 November, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you have all of these titles that, first of all, are distinct in their own right, and second of all, don't require that you read other books. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is a huge advantage in my from my perspective, because it's like, if I want to read Saga, I will read Saga. I don't need to read Paper Girls 2, but I will. <laughs> That's, okay. that's just that's because... That's the big secret. The last issue of Saga is like, and that's how we came to Earth. Hazel ends up being the lead paper girl. I'm down with that. Okay. Now, but that said, right... They cut Acknowledging that they have had, you know, they've had good books, which, you know, Descender, I think, is fantastic. Island is still around, which I think is great. They've had not-so-good books, like Renato Jones, which we don't need to get into that. They have also had... Um, some problems with getting projects, particular projects off the ground. And I'm thinking here of the failure of Eight House. I partially disagree with you. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, yeah. We will get to that. So, Eight House, for example, uh, in the November solicitation, now Arcadia is coming back as a standalone. Mirror ended up being standalone. Uh, from Under Mountains, sort of like completely detached from that project. That whole uh, experiment the grand verse. Was, was a noble one. You know, the idea of let's have a shared fantasy universe at Image, uh, uh, you know, a female leads, Emma Rios, all of these... Female leads, female creators. Yes, yeah. all of these, New like, high-profile materials. And it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But the advantage with Image, I think, is that 
they're not resting on their laurels when it comes to, okay, this didn't work out. Let's do something else, right? If, if um, Brandon Graham has failed us, somebody call up Karen Berger. Let's see what she can do, right? They, they have contingencies. They have backup plans, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Now, but be, just before like we get to the thing, there is one major problem that I have to you know give them their spanking for. Basically, communication. This is a huge problem with image. They almost never have any clear way of communicating to readers. You know, this title is going to get delayed. Uh, this title has been canceled. Uh, Umbral, for example, ended with a letter from the author at the very last, oh, by the way, this is the last issue. Egos was the same way, right? Uh, Odyssey has been missing in action since March. Nobody's seen it. No, Odyssey's still going on, though. Odyssey's going in on. In theory, but no, it, no, they, no they issues. Have, they have, they've had a six month hiatus so far. They have a coloring book. <laughs> oh well, lovely. If that, that's, but it's that's a coloring book. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, like the most. Ward, no? no, you're not. That's the sad thing. You're not kidding. They actually have a coloring book. By Christian Ward. Well, the, you the know, most, I like to color some stuff for him. I would say the most high-profile flop for Image, and I say flop in quotation marks, of course, uh, would be Rat Queens, right? Yes. Which has gone on extended hiatus, one issue into a storyline. After the much publicized departure of Tess Fowler, and none of this was communicated directly oh, from, and now it's all and the now Rat behind the scenes, and now know? Rat Queens is becoming a webcomic. Allegedly, what? 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 Yeah, I heard that? about it. Like, Rat Queens is becoming yeah. a webcomic written by Curtis Sweeby with art by uh, to be this, to be announced. No, they announced it. Oh, it's announced. Mike Norton. And some yeah. other creator whose uh, name is a webcomic. Yeah, no, they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be like, downgraded. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's a thing that I, was a webcomic for quite a while before. No, that's not a do before you don't no. go from being a published to being a webcomic. Uh, oh, yeah. to Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> Are we opening it up? Uh, yeah, let's yeah, open it up. Sure, let's, let's open it up. You're just right. like on the on the edge of of yeah. Go for it. Let's let's open it up. Um, okay. Basically, the, the, the huge difference of image, the, the things they pride themselves on, uh, is their difference from any other publisher in the terms of how they manage their content and how creators. Yeah. Because, you know, you meet, you meet an, you meet an editor, you meet Eric Stevenson, which is the one with, who has to be credited for the great change and the good mm. change he's made to the company. And basically, if Eric approves you for a series, you'll get your first issue in the solicit. But, you manage yourself. As Scott Young said, and, uh, and many, many, many creators say in interviews, that publishing an image is like being a mini-publisher, and like an umbrella. Means you have way more stuff image, to do. You, yeah. Image yeah. is a good place because they give you like a place on the previous book. And because they're a big company, you will be, you know, on all the major websites. But, but you know, but you know what they don't give you? Mm-hmm. They don't give you money. Yeah. Which is, which is important. Well, you no, they give you no. money in fields. No, they, they give you the, they give you the money you earn. They give you the money exactly. They give you. They give you. They give you. They don't give you advances. They may give you. They don't give you advances. They may give you advices, but it's up to you to take them. Like Nick Commander, for example, is someone who's. Uh, going deep into the image 
a trend right now, right? Yeah, like he's done, he has low, he has um, black science, deadly class, uh, Tokyo Seven Ghost. to Eternity. Tokyo yeah. Ghost is, is closing, but Seven to Eternity is starting. Like, he's always coming up with new ideas with collaborators, which we like seeing him with. But he decides if he even has an editor. And editors who used to work at Marvel, I don't, I can't recall the name of the editor now. But some editors... I know who you're talking about. The guy who used to do Zorn for uh, X-Men. What was his name? Mike... Mike Martz? Mike Martz? That's Maybe. Some editors... Isn't Mike Martz an Aftershock now, though? Yeah. Yeah, he's an Aftershock. Oh, yeah, right. No, never mind that. Well, okay. Some editors... You know who? Karen fucking Byrne. He is now a freelance editor, and she gets to pick and shoot her own, pro- her own projects, which she... Shepherds in Image or wherever, the editor is now employed not by the publisher, but by the creator. Yeah. Basically, the creators tell the editors what do they want. Do they want a soundboard? Do they want someone to manage the project? If they want to cut losses, if they want to cut more profits, a creator might try to uh, manage it themselves. And sometimes it works. You but know, no, lots of creators needs editors. They oh. need a guiding hand of an editor. Oh, yes. And choosing not to go that route might be a quite you stupid know, idea. You know, you know who came out to a little stronger team, and in my opinion, is Curtis J. Weeby. <laughs> Curtis J. Weeby, which is a good writer. Uh, we, we've mentioned Rat Queens. He also writes Peter Panda Faust. Allegedly. Okay. No, no, the 24th issue... I know it's coming in, back, in but it's been gone right, for two right. years. But he launched Pisces, which, you know, first issue, hit the shops. Did it ever get to a second issue? Yes, it, it got to... It was cancelled by... Thir- wasn't cancelled, just stopped being published by... Yeah, the, they go on hiatus. They, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's not cancelled, it's on hiatus. I think Where that's part like, of the communication problem. So yeah, exactly. You know, Rat Queen's going on hiatus now, and then returning, and not... Now, we can't blame Image for that, in my opinion, because if a creator doesn't broadcast it to them, they can broadcast that to their clients. I think and you know creators can get... Probably no. no. Uh, Image is still a publisher, though. We're not talking about like Smashwords, where they're all self-publishing and just doing whatever they want. Image has a publisher. They have an editor-in-chief. It's their responsibility. They may not have to like micromanage the way that Marvel and DC do, but you have to tell your readers, like, this book has been wait, canceled. Wait, wait, let, Don't let, wait for uh, it. Let, let me ask you a question. Who are the clients of Image Comics? That would, opinion, huh? that would be me. That would be me. The comic shops. I agree with Tom. Well, it's true to a degree that the... That but a, not the com- only image, you know, no, in the com- comics yeah. in general. Yeah, the, com- the, 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 the comic shops are the clients in general, but I... You are a client of comic uh, shop, whether it be no, comicsology. No, he's the client of most of the Yeah, time. no, but yeah. comicsology is a comic shop. In a way. Is it? Uh, is it? Yeah. yeah. But here's the with, thing... With infinite amount of storage. But here's the thing with image... For me, uh, but they don't. But I, I'm all for you know the artist doing what the artist wants, and if the artist wants to publish one issue a year, that's his prerogative. But if you're going to do something which is published as a serial, and if you're basically dictating that issue one needs to be to issue two, if issue two comes a year later, I'm not gonna read it. I, why why say read it in that way? I will wait for the trade, but yeah. then the creators go online and say, well, yeah. we need you. To, to read it as it comes up, and I will ask 
But well, why? It's obviously not. It's obviously not planned as a serial because in a serial, well, the, the, the time frame matters. Yeah. If, yeah. If the issues is you know one and done, if it's an anthology, if it's something like that, if you know, if you get satisfaction from the single issue, great. Yeah. Fine. You you can allow yourself that. If you don't, there needs to be some sort of schedule. Now, Brian, Brian K. Vaughn on Saga mm. with Fiona Staples, mm-hmm. they had the perfect model of, well, you know, she can't draw every single month. We're going to finish an arc. Yeah. We're going to do a break. I, I definitely We're come back. The and, train and, comes out during the break. And yeah, she, exactly. And, and that is a great model. And if she needs some extra money from one of the companies, you know, we wait, we take a break in the middle of, uh, of an arc, and she goes and do three issues for Archie. Who do pay straight on advance, right? It's more, yeah. It's more, yeah, it's more important that issue one to six come out every month rather than yeah, issue like six and seven, you know. Yes. Like Assume. if you know it's a break, you can plan it around it. Yeah. But if you don't... But if well, you, you need to have a complete end, story you start with, middle to end. You end up with run. something like Rock and Girl, which is a good book by a good creative team, but I, you know, the first five issues came, came out and then issue six came out over a year later and then there was... A by the way, you know, with Rock and Girl... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you finish and then no, no, that in. no, it's what I'm saying and then issue 3 came out you know three months later what's going on with witches I don't even know red okay. one no witches no, like, witches is like every trade is is a standalone a trade so it can are, wait it's the Minola model more than the image model but I want to get to a point about Rocket Girl you know Rocket Girl like Halloween Eve uh, was backed by Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like, Image does that. Image picks up successful Kickstarters and publishes Sex them. Sex Castle, yeah. Oh, Sex yeah. Castle, uh, Rattle, Rattler. Rattler. Rattler, Rattler by McNamara. Now they're and now Hinkle. publishing uh, Kill 6 Billion Beans. Yeah. yeah. Now, 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 and you know, they published, uh, it wasn't Kickstarter, but it was uh, in Panel Syndicate. Uh, private oh, eye. Uh, private eye. Yeah. Yeah. Now the thing, the thing about that, like you know, uh, Amy Reader and I forget the first, Brandon Montclair. Yeah, uh, Brandon Montclair. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh, they got their money from Kickstarter, right? To that, to that, they, 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 they said we're gonna give you Rocket Girl, support the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter was very successful. Then they turned to Image to basically publish them. You know, they had some funding. And then get delayed. Now what happened was, they are currently working on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur for Marvel. Basically, what used to be the model of the very stable model of the industry up until a decade ago was, you get discovered by Dark Horse, by Image Comics, by Oni, Marvel and or DC hires you, you keep doing that for as long as you get, and maybe launch a series on the side. Now creators can sustain themselves from image, not all and creators. they turn so quickly for that model. This is the thing, though. I do think that for, for image specifically, for the model of publication that image promotes, I think the people who tend to thrive the most there are the creators who already have name reputations. Name you know who they discipline. are. Name not even no, no, discipline no, isn't no, necessary. No, no, discipline is necessary. That's why Ed Bubaker. Thrives well, as much as I said to say it, Alishcott doesn't seem to manage to hold on a series for a long time. Well, but it would be a stretch to say that Alishcott and Ed Brubaker were on equal levels of name recognition oh, yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah but, but, right? Ale, but Alishcott, Alishcott started at Marvel. You know, he got 
some in, some ongoing. He had the Iron Patriot, the Secret Avengers, which was good. Oh, and then he Avengers. lost his mind. No, which was good. He had Bucky, which was creepy, but I enjoyed some parts of it. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really enjoy yeah. Bucky. It wasn't very good. They had, like, I think, the, the issues with London Force. And they had a, shot, a one shot with London Force, which was amazing. But never mind that. Then, after doing like some serious Marvel titles, instead of you know climbing the ladder and getting the name recognition, he said, "No, I can do whatever I want. I can launch three series at image at once." And he failed. I I don't know if he failed. The cer- no. Statistically, like, these books are not in existence anymore. Yeah. Like, okay, so it's not enough to be punctual and not even to have, like, real talent. There are the occasional creators that Image takes a chance on. But I don't think, like, you have to be someone on the level of Ed Brubaker or Brian K. Vaughn or Jeff Lemire to be like, hi, I'm here. Who's who's the guy who's doing Postal and Think Tank? Brian Hill. Brian Hawkins. Hawkins, sorry. Matt no, Hawkins. that's Matt Hawkins. Matt Hawkins. And no, Brian... Uh... Matt Hawkins is not a huge name, but because he is doing it super professionally, he has four ongoing series at the same time, which he manages to hold. So I think I agree with Ali. Yeah, you have, to, you have to be disciplined. You know, you can be okay. You know, what, what's the thing? You know, you, you need to have three qualities. You either have to be nice, you either have to be talented, or mm. you either have to be... like. Uh, I think that was the uh, quote that was used to explain why Mark Miller has a career. <laughs> Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, finding the origin of that, you know, I, I attributed to Neil Gaiman because he mm-hmm. had it at that top, but, you know, it can be attributed okay. to prior people. If you're punctual and you're talented, you will have, like, you will have Eventually, you will be recognized. Yeah, also, eventually being the key word. Also, yeah. you, can, you can see Jim Zapp's career on Skull Kickers, and he said that he gets much more Skull Kickers right now than at, like, late issues of the series. Because, again, like Marvel, first, uh, tra- uh, and Tom King also said that in an interview, what happens is your first e- trade also always sells the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it always sells the most. Ideally, it will keep on selling by the time you on trade number six, and it can sustain you. And you can tell your story. Now... But no. you have to be punctual, you have to get them out on time, and you have to make them good. Let me ask and it's at this up point. to you. Wait, I to, have something yeah, to okay. say. Go ahead. I don't remember who said it, but someone said on Twitter that the aspiration of a creator has very much changed in the last 10 years because yeah. the dream was to write a small comic and then get discovered by DC and Marvel yeah. and be mm-hmm. a big name yeah. at DC. Today, you are no use, big name in Marvel. You see, start I'm, doing a creator-owned comic, which is small at like Image, which is like a niche book. If, if you get to and, start a small comic at Image, you're lucky now. Yeah. No, yeah, you uh, start with like a, Boom or whatever, or yeah. Boom or Oni, Oni who I'll talk about shortly. And uh, you, go you get discovered by DC and Marvel, and then that same creative team will do a bigger book at Image or at Boom. Not necessarily that's, a yeah. bigger book, that's, but the books they make more money they, they, on. I think that, yeah, that was applied to Noelle Stevenson, I they, think. They she started with Nimona, then she went to do like Runaways and stuff for... No, uh, she did, no, no, she went to Boom with... Uh, with Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes. And then she went to Marvel no, to do no, like no, Runaways. Stevenson, no, I think, is a different discussion because she was a huge success early yeah, she on. Did, she did, she did, yeah, that's what I was saying. You can start an image and you can maybe be a breakout, 
but what Haggai I think is saying is creators are now trying to pivot success from Marvel and DC. And it's been going on for years. Like Brian Michael Bendis, who is the like poster boy for Marvel, has never stopped publishing comics with uh, Michael Omings. Yeah, who? I, but that's Icon. Right? That's Icon. But they opened up Icon. Ben isn't publishing anything at Image. No, no, no but they, they, they've opened up Icon just for him. No, I think they, they originally I, opened I, Icon for Brubaker. Icon, they opened up Icon for my, Brian Michael Bendis, Miller, Ed Brubaker, and, Brubaker. and J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah. Forget that. And, and, now, and now the only function of that publisher is to, is to sell creators who are exclusive to Marvel. And can publish an image. Like, say, if Jason Aaron wants to do a creator-owned book with Ron Garney, who is an exclusive to Marvel, that's, like, a skewed way for them to work together. Does that happen, Milano, though? Yeah, it happened. Yeah, I've heard Man of Wrath. But that was, like, two years ago. A year ago. If Mark Millar wants to, wants to work with Marvel exclusive oh, Stuart yeah. Eminem, that's an icon comic. That's artist dependent, but that's, for example... That's the but there are so Marvel, many more... That's the odd question of why would Marvel do that? Because... Artists exclusive aren't cheap, and what? And if you're doing a self-created work, what does Marvel get from it? But that's that's like a different question. No, but there's I, also I, I'm interested less about the finance than what yeah. you said first when you talked about quality. And the problem that I have with Image, and like you, Image is publishes most of my favorite work. Most of my shelf is Image. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with Image is that at a certain point it became like. Come see the creators that you already know from Marvel and DC, the big names. Doing, doing the this, things they want. Doing, doing a non-superior variation of the stuff they do. So I'm cool with that. I'm, yeah. I'm cool Because you can't get it point. from Marvel and DC anymore. I'm cool up to a point, but at, yeah. at a certain you know, point, Image became from this place that gave me something new and exciting to the place that gave me more of the thing they know. Because you're, you're saying something new every month, and I'm saying it's a new Rubik and Phillips book every month, which is a good thing in... In the specific case, but not in the every month another another uh, noir series from Brubaker, every month yeah. another pulp action series from Remender, every month what what have you? What I, have think, you. I think I think the flip side to that, and that's why, for example, Island is so important to me because this is actually image, you know, taking the image yeah. brand and putting yeah. it at brand new talent on people that I've never heard of before. But I think the flip side to that, like I see what you're saying and I completely agree with you in terms of when you look at their output on a month-to-month basis, there tend to be similar books, right? But I think the key is you don't actually have to read all of them. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's not that um, like Copperhead, for example, was Space Detective, right? And The Fuse was also Space Detective. But you didn't have to read them both. Yeah, but... There's no imperative to be like, it, it, let yeah, me read cross over. Yeah, like There's I don't no need connection. to read all of the, the detective stories. Like, actually, we had a perfect example of this last week. Uh, we were talking about a book called Demonic, right? Which okay. is about, it's a miniseries by Christopher Sabella about uh, a guy who makes a deal with a demon and has to kill people. About Ed a Bru- ghostwriter who doesn't have a vice. Ed Brubaker literally published the exact same premise two weeks ago. Oh, nice. But Ed Brubaker is a much better writer than Christopher Sabella. So you don't have to read both yeah, is the thing. You pick and choose. You know, this is the case of creators like trying to break into do whatever it takes, you know, trying to make it however they want. But... You know, when even, you know, when even started, they had sub, sub publishers, I'd they say. Had yeah. You know, you have the McFarlane and your Top Cow and your Wildstorm. Yeah. You had a Witchblade 
And that universe. And, and even when women were women and men were. And yeah. I don't know how to that. finish that sentence without and, and being even, terribly offensive. And even Kirkman now has Skybound. Mm-hmm. You know, but these are, these are even, even, like name only. A very vague, very, very vague publisher in terms of what they publish now. They can publish anything. Like a serial about a, a cop who eats stuff and gets permission from it about a space romance like Romeo and Juliet. A girl who has allergies. A girl who has allergies. <laughs> exactly. That's not girl? Yeah, it's not girl. Mm-hmm. You know. I and and I think like they they do succeed in getting good press and good like brand recognition on their term. But I don't think you can really blame them for failures. Or like for publishing. No, I don't blame them for, for publishing failures. I blame them more for going back to the idea of the lack of clear communication, yeah. right? Of being able to say it's on hiatus. Yeah, like but, it's on hiatus. But it's not know, coming back. But you know, if you have Skybound, if you have uh, Top Cow, you know, all of the Matt Fraction Felicia books are published under the Minfred Criminal Masterminds, like. Yeah, Brand. but it's like and she, Rat Queens was published under Shadowline. Did that change the perception of anything to do with wait, that book? But, yeah. but they didn't have an editor from Skybound. You know, you, Brubaker manages his shit, Fraction manages his shit, Curtis J. Weeby doesn't manage his shit. No. <laughs> and I believe that... Alash Khan leaves the shit to Alex, be managed you know, alone. You know, <laughs> leave Alash we yeah. will not. He made his own. You know, Alashkot is a friend of Alilon, and you don't talk to Alashkot like that. But I do. The original writer. The original writer. But what I was saying that was, you know what's going to be said about uh, Curtis J. Weeby? He had a new book by a publisher who's not Image. Dark Horse. Okay. Bounty. Bounty. Yeah. But, you Bounty. know, why would you read Bounty if he couldn't finish Rat Queen? Because he had an editor in that. So? Because he had an editor in that, and and the artist. There's that's other people whose you know jobs are on the line. And artist Tess Fowler's job was on the line. That no, didn't stop him. He had an artist that's been paid. Yeah, by but publisher. she didn't, wasn't his boss. It was the other way around. You know, if you break through image, that's fine. I hope to break through image as, as a young uh, as a young creator, but you don't get the chops to make monthly books for the monthly grind of comics. Yeah. At image. Which is really the, the central... You don't just... In Marvel and DC, and for the same case, Dark Horse, Oni, etc., you don't just get the name recognition. You get the chops of working with an editor, on working with an, with an artist, Getting on making their lander. <laughs> you, get, you get money behind you. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to... when You, you get some a, capital, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you publish a book for Marvel, you don't have to pay for the book losers. It's yeah. just the books get cancelled, and hopefully you'll get another job. With image, it seems to be high risk, high reward. That yeah. is, if the book succeeds, you, you, get get, you get the money, and then you can reinvest it in, okay, I can now pay the artist to do it monthly, or I don't know, or I can I can take time off working for Marvel and DC titles and just concentrate on that. Yeah. But if the book doesn't succeed, well, it's money straight out of your pocket, yeah. and you have to cancel it because you don't want to start with it. Image and favorites. Mm-hmm. Image favorites. What are you reading? Mm-hmm. Um... Well, yeah, I want to talk about Rumble. Talk about Rumble. This isn't a book that gets a lot, a lot of attention. Okay. And I find that a shame because there's nothing on the shelves quite like Rumble in in many terms. First of all, you have 
great, great writing by John Arcudi and great art. And the way Arcudi builds the world and builds the mythology in a thrilling, engaging way and the mood he sets, which you can get a joke that you can laugh out loud from and then a heartbreaking moment in the same page. And it's like very, very unpredictable. And I love that. And it's sad that it doesn't get that much attention, as much as it deserves. Also attention, if, I, if I'm correct, that Dave Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Stewart. Which also, whenever... whenever yeah, Dave Stewart. Book, Dave Stewart is... Yeah. Dave Stewart. Yeah. It's either him or Nathan Fairburn. He's not the best for 2016. That Jody Belair. Yeah. That's sort of by law of averages. <laughs> Odds are more like more likely than not One that she is calling the ball. I've never award I've never awards winner Jody Belair. Yeah. Yes. Isn't Dave Stewart also a nice award winner? So, yeah, award. much much more. No, yeah, I, I think I think we've checked it like recently. Matt Hornsworth got the first. Mm. Then it's Dave Stewart. For Almost like, for like all the duration. What? Like no. whenever a chorus gets a prize from the island, it's almost always. Stuart. And the nominees are Dave Stewart. They once <laughs> and that's it. it. They once gave it to Laura Dupuis, and I'm, <laughs> I'm intending to uh, call her Dupuis, and twice for Jodie Butler in the three recent years. Okay. What's your favorite image book? Think of it like the scene from Cinderella. What's your favorite? I don't read much image, so you know, I know I probably should read more image because I hear so much good stuff about the things. Currently, I'm only reading Saga. Hmm. I've read Rat Queens. I, you know, not anymore. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, We well, would but still be reading it if it was still coming I out. I would not. Oh. I, you know, I, no, I, after hearing all the news about, you know, the behind the yeah. scenes stuff, it just, you know, I, I bought the third uh, trade and I just sort of, I wanted to read it and I could read the first page and I'm like, can't stop thinking about all the yeah. shit behind the scenes and it's ruining the book for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I don't read much image, you know, just Saga and Rat Queens, um, which, you know. I'll give a shout out to Cry Havoc by Cy Sperrier and uh, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly with... Colors by many people. Yeah, uh, Nick Filardi and Matt, uh, Wilson. Matt Wilson and uh, what's his face? Surely Jodie Belair is there somewhere. Probably. Uh, she's probably uh, hiding. She, she's hiding in the margins. She, she, like, she, did, she did. She did. a cover with with. Uh, <laughs> of course she did. Uh, of course she did. It's like it's like the Lee, time. Lee Lounge. That's the other guy. Uh, it's a very interesting series about a lesbian werewolf who is also a combat fighter that takes place in the past, present, and future. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, I, f- I find Spurrier's works to be very intelligent and challenging, and like I, f- I think of him in the same vein as Al Ewing, though he does much less mainstream work than Al Ewing does. Um, the twist about this series artistically is that each of the three uh, colorists, uh, Filardi, L- uh, Wilson, and Lowage, do different timelines. Mm-hmm. So you get the same artwork on on every page, but the tone each colorist gives to it basically changes the mood drastically. It's also uh, written with great taste and great characterization. 
I really love it. Tiny Mr. That and I think everyone should check it out. It's okay. one of the breakout hits for me mm-hmm. of the last year. So moving from uh, image, if we're talking about um, companies that foster new talent, I'd like to say a few words about Boom. Um, I don't know if we can consider this a downside for Boom specifically in 2016 because they recently made a decision, deliberate financial decision, to cut their content down. Uh, they are commissioning fewer miniseries and they are shortening them to typically four parts yeah. per miniseries, which I think is a shame because very strong books like Turncoat, for example, which came out this year, absolutely would have benefited from another issue or two. They were fine as they are, but, you know, a little bit more. Um, can they, they get a sequel? Well, they've had some very strong launches so far, right? So I need to say this, and this is... I never thought that I would be sitting here with you all and saying this, but um, Kyle Higgins and Margaret Scott are writing Power Rangers, and it's kind of good. And yeah. I'm not sure what to do with that knowledge. No, no, I'm, I'm not entirely like, is this I'm the real life? It's 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 a solid adventure. And that's an ongoing, not a form. And it is not trying to teach you any an after school lessons. It's an ongoing. <laughs> not even one. It's an ongoing that spawns spin offs, which are also good. Power in your speed is good. That's it is really good. In, in this space year 2016, I'm telling you. Read Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The Pink, the Pink Ranger, Ranger solo miniseries is really good. I think it's an ongoing... That, uh, I, I think it's a Jonathan... 2016 is a weird year. Isn't it, though? Yes. And, um, it's the, it is the 1990s it's, all over again. Right the again. year that took David Bowie, it's unforgivable. Uh, uh, you know, someone said, uh, I'm, I don't want to say that David Bowie was holding the fabric of the universe together, but look at 2016. Um... <laughs> Also, now, they do have a few ongoing series that, as far as I know, are still successful in the same way. Yeah. So, for example, Lumberjanes is still maintaining its uh, momentum, despite the creative... That was launched as an eight-issue meaning it's yeah. now an issue 29. 29. Which uh, also the crosses woods. over with DC, by the way. Yeah. Sure, it's crossing yeah. over with the Gotham Academy. Yeah, You've got uh, The that. Woods, which is still great, uh, James Tinian. You've got uh, Giant Days, which I think is one of I think it's yeah, best. Boom's yeah. best books. I, yeah. Yeah. I only read the first trade, or even not all of the first trade, but yes. I really enjoyed what That's I read. Amazing. The problem with, with Boom is the way they put their trade, which is, wait wait a year. Maybe no, that, that, and then four issues. That day comes out good. They have the third No, no, trade. they published, no, the third trade is only coming out in like two months' time, and they're and it only goes to issue 12, they are now at issue 19. What are you talking about? I, I have issue 12 on my shelf on the second volume. Yeah. They have the third the third trade. No, it was yeah. 1, 2, no. 3, 4, and then 5, 6, 7, seven eight. 8. Yeah, I mean, the second trade... You might I be thinking of the shelf. third trade. What? I, I read more than two... I read two issues and I'm not... Never mind, never mind. Well, in any, in any event, um, it is sort of a problem... I say problem, like, you know, this is a very spoiled thing to say, but, like, we are sort of spoiled for choice in that sense because the books that Boom put out tend to be such high quality that when they collect these trades that are, like, four issues, five issues, you're like, I'd like some more Esther, please. Uh, uh, She's, uh, you know... Um, the Woods is the same way. They collect trades of four issues per storyline, but the book, meanwhile, is like 12 issues ahead. So, uh, Midas Flesh did that. Yeah. The Spire by Oswald. Midas Flesh had no reason to come out in two trades. Yeah. yeah. The last tra- last trade of Hex came out this year. Yeah. We reviewed the complete Hex 
in the middle of 20, uh, 2015. Yeah. You, have, you also have The Spiral, which is eight issues by Seth Carrere mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, uh, not Stokely. No, no. Uh, no, yes, Jeff Stokely. Jeff Stokely? The best thing on this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, they do, if, if, it's from, if it's eight issues, I, I presume it's going to come out in four yeah. and It's very calculated. There was an interview, I think, in Sketch when they still did, like, not audio They interviews. came back, by the way. Yeah, well, there was an interview where they asked what they actually asked why 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 such lightness and I asked the, 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 the guy and the guy there said well we want to give the shops an option to sell all their backers mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you can which see, is noble which, which is, again it's noble but I think there is a fine line between giving the shops time to just hamstring the trade readers because you know. Four months later, fine. Five months later, fine. Yeah. A year later, can, that's who, just who holds. At this, at this point, your back matter has either been downgraded to the dollar bin or is gone. Baby, can, gone. Can I yeah. can I talk about the elephant in the room? Sure. Oh, Put on some weight. Don't keep discussing. No, no. Tom, Tom, by the way, by the way, Tom, Tom, Tom oh. is, is the sexiest I've ever seen him today. By the oh way. dear. Let, let me just say I this now. Okay, Eddie Berganza. No, okay. No, no, oh no. Okay. I've seen, I've seen some worse. No, let's let's talk about some stuff. Um, first off, uh, boom in content is very alternative to let's say the very male content comics is known for. Oh yes. And um. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, lots of uh, female readers don't usually go to local comic book stores. Do and you I think? Think, and I, I think, wonder why. I, and and hmm. we're not going to go back into that. But I think, I hope that Boom is doing really well on digital. And that should basically well, give I, them I think, money. I think they are only because so many... Titles that they solicit as miniseries end up becoming ongoing. And we, it's not see, and we don't see them suddenly rise up in sales. Uh, there was, we're talk, we talked about uh, Brandon Monteclair earlier when we talked about Rocket Girl, and he had this long podcast on the beat where he basically said, yeah. at this point in the industry, the, the direct sales that we see on sites like the beat itself or ICB2 are near useless because yeah, yeah. they cover nothing. They only cover monthly Shops. sales to the American market. Yeah. And Comixology, you know, upended all of that. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder it, if the only reason we see that is because that's information that retailers should get mm-hmm. and retailers sh- share that with sites. Sure. But I wonder if retailers get on digital? No. 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 Comixology serves as the... Yeah, I mean, speaking like, of someone like who uses it. Like ratings on Netflix, basically. No. Because yeah. there has to be... Netflix yeah. does not There's share. Exactly. There has to be a reason. Uh, digital has to be huge at some point, points because there has to be a reason why, for example, Squirrel Girl, which sells in, in print in monthly issues near nothing. Under 10,000, I think. Yeah. There has to be a reason. It's not only still ongoing. They just got a new graphic novel for yeah. Squirrel Girl. So it sells to somebody because Marvel, they're not a noble company. They won't just do it for, you know, for the sake of representation. They like the money. A graphic novel, which, by the way, they can sell on Barnes and Noble and not sure. on comic yeah. books. Sure. And let's face it, most of the female readers, the ones that read by digitally, will feel more comfortable going to a Barnes and Nobles than to oh, a comic yeah. book store. Um, now, now unquestionably. The, now, the reason that I'm, I, I think that they are succeeding more digitally is because those continuations have happened so often. Like when we reviewed the first issue of Backstagers, right? This was like the, the sort of boy version of Lumberjanes. 
It's solicited as an eight-issue miniseries. We're both operating on the assumption that this is going to be an ongoing because, you know, it is... Because it's boom. But not just because it's boom, but because regardless of what the ICV2 numbers are saying, clearly it's there saying, is oh. another audience there that's tapping into it why, directly. Why should, Giant Things is also supposed to be a mini. Yeah, yeah, but why should it be an ongoing and not a series of minis? That can because, also because there's value in maintaining in an ongoing series in yeah. stability. And also, like, there are, it's not like Lumberjanes, for example, is the exception in that it had a creative team turnover. Yeah. Giant Days is still John Allison. I mean, I have a few friends that you know, have the Comixology pull list. I mean, if you have a series of mini, uh, a bunch of miniseries, the, yeah. the, the readers will have to sign up the miniseries. Yeah. No. If you have this ongoing series, your reader will have it in their cart in Comixology. All they have to do is press it, purchase. It, it There's no helps. need for another number one. No, you no, don't need it. Now, the thing about the, 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 the four, the rule of four, or the, whatever you call it, it, I think it's something to do with the printers. I think they have deal with printers to print this many issues, and they mm-hmm. like regulate their audience to receive content in that in those chunks hmm. and that's what was for them well I, especially I especially if you're saying that they have financial issues well no what they what they said when they announced this measure was that they were doing it for financial reasons but it does seem that these reasons tend to apply more to books that are either printed exclusively or that for some, for whatever reason, those are the ones that don't sell digitally because there have been so many extensions. Uh, I think either the Joiners or Joyride also became uh, an ongoing. One no, of the Joyride two. gets a Joyride sequel. No, it's just going on issue five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, they've been solicited. So at that point, I it's like I, I think the interesting thing about Boom is that they obviously found their direction. Yeah, because. When you mostly I'm talking about boombox because that's most of the boom that I read, but it seems that most of the boom today is either boombox or boombox influence, and I can almost tell by the time they have announced something, this is what I'm going to get, Golden which is Vance, the, yeah, which which is the good version of having a strong editorial line, which is they're not simply taking creators and saying you're going to write this way, you're going to draw this way. They're taking people whose art you fit writing, us, you come join yeah, us, whose yeah. writing style fits, and. It works. And they are we cultivating have, much more new talent, I think, than yeah. 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 People that you've never heard of. You have that. You have, like... Um, yeah, they have, they have the boom flavor, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You have, like... You can definitely see books like um, Jan Days and Lumberjanes and... Uh, Jones Dangers. And, and uh, what's the name of the Hotel Detective series? Goldie Vance. Hmm? Gold events. Gold events, yeah. yeah. You can almost you can almost do a boom verse. Thank God they don't do it. Oh no, God, they don't, we don't need a boom verse. But, but, no. but boom was very different before that. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. the year of Mark They were like an alternative superhero, like yeah. and they were doing was, irredeemable. Yeah. No, For they what? had they had other books, but you know, Valiant is now. Uh, I hear it. I, I didn't go. I didn't go into the all uh, Valiant type. I know I should, but uh, Valiant is doing superhero book. And boom, try that. Now they're playing to a different audience. Yeah. And, and it seems to be working. It seems to be working. Yeah. yeah. And they're saying like the boom flavor. Any boom books on your list? Mm-hmm. Well, all I've read for the last year from boom is, is Okil Strike. Mm. Which, <laughs> delightful. Which is fantastic. I got Lumberjanes, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my shelf. It's I am curious to hear with Lumberjanes specifically how they're doing now that Catlay is replaced Stevenson. Uh, 
it's it's still I, being published. I'm, so I, I was it. for the longest time a Lamborghini's uh, monthly reader, which is very rare for me to be a monthly reader. I just dropped it recently not because it became better, just like I when I started reading it, I was sort of hoping for you know the end of the mystery because it was suggested that like you know, mm, there was not really what's art, going on in the camp. And yeah, at some point it became obvious that they're not either they're not going to do it or they're going to do it super slowly and fine for them and it's fine for what it is. Not, yeah. not my, it's not my deal anymore. Uh, Giant Days is ah, yeah, delightful. Giant Days, right. And yeah. it's, it, all that you need to hear is, even though they've lost Lisa Trayman after six issues, and she was the best single artist of last year, not the best in talent, not the best uh, at, at her company, the best artist bar none last year. Even though they've lost her, uh, this title is still going strong, and it's still... Such a delight to read Giant Days. Yeah, it's, it's fun. So, so fun and smart and funny and, you know, I, I would love to read this forever. Yep. Uh, so, let us go. What are you reading? Oh, um, whatever was just mentioned and I'm looking forward to reading. <laughs> whatever I'm reading, no. pretty much. <laughs> I'm reading a series I'm not reading from whom? I've read the Midas Flash and I enjoyed the first Midas Flash I've read well. Midas Flash too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and I'm expecting the spiral. I think it, it looks amazing and I've seen <laughs> the strongest <laughs> more than that. We reviewed it. Me and yeah. Sean, uh, Sean was done and I was okay, Sean. It's fine. Okay. Uh, but you do like Science Fairy more than we do, so that yeah. might count for something. Okay, uh, um, so... I'd just like to, you know, pop in... Pre- we, we were talking about uh, Archie. No. We've mentioned them a bit, but if you want to talk about Archie, I mean, sure. things that have, are different in 2016, oh, yeah. Archie have definitely okay. gone through this some sure. your daddy's Archie. Jump I, in. I actually have not yet read many, much Archie, but you know, but also, but I'm hearing so many good things about what it's a brand new Archie, what is a re-Archie, whatever is recording it. I mean. <laughs> no, no. New Archie 2. Crisis on Infinite Archie. Sabrina now. No, but I, I, I have to agree with you. Like, Arch enemies. The, the, the thing, I find myself on this podcast saying things that I never thought that I would say. And me having grown up with Archie, sitting here and saying like, Archie is one of the best books on the shelf is not a sentence yeah. that I ever thought that I would say. Mark Wade's run with uh, used to be Fiona Staples. Now it's uh, they keep fish? changing. I, I think it's fish. I only got uh, the first issue of the Jughead. Specifically, I got the two uh, sign. Uh, well, sign uh, off, yeah, but uh, I'm reading it. and It's like, what is this? I, I'm looking at them. It's a Mary Sue. They publish about uh, the. Betty and Veronica oh, title. Mm, okay. I, I don't read the title. I read what people write about the title. But I hear so many good things about those After titles. After 80 years of just being Archie Comics, being Archie, they've the same Yeah, thing. they've shifted the whole model, which I get it because at, at this point they have enough back matter and most of Archie's money from the, these comics seem to come from there. The only shop uh, comics company in America that still polishes you know, to put on like spinner racks and you know your supermarket or whatever. Tradition. The, the double digest, and you don't, they don't need to publish new material for. They're them. still yeah. publishing the double digest. Yeah, but they're all reprints, right? Yeah. So I get what they're doing. This now there is you have a, enough stuff, you know. To, if you want I to do, read Archie, you've got there, old classics. There was a problem, was it last year with the Kickstarter thing, which yeah, yeah. them a huge backlash. Was, you know what the funny thing is though, if. 
Mark Wade's first few issues of Archie had come out before the Kickstarter. That Kickstarter would have busted like to the top. I of, don't cause, so because no, you, no, you no, still have them back. You still have people. I personally still be mad at them for you know. You're a big publisher. You don't need a fucking Kickstarter. I, I believe the, the Mark the Mark Wade issued one before. Like they, no, they, no, they already were. No. They were it was being prepared, but, but nobody published. had seen it. And I'm thinking, like, because I read that first issue of Archie, and I was like, my jaw was on the floor. I'm like, I know these characters. I have never seen anything like this. You know, they, they were real in a way that these characters had not been my, in uh, who's, 40 years. Who's the main editor now? Aguero or Peter Sacasa? Or is he just doing the horror line? No, I think Aguirre Sagasta is like the main, the main editor, the main editor know, for the whole line. I, I never liked his stuff at Marvel, and I don't like his TV shows, but what he's doing on Archie is, you know, justice work. It's yeah. fantastic. It's it's, it's its own thing. Well, our, my only, like, point of sadness there is that Chip Starsky has left yeah. Jughead. No, but on the other hand... Chip Starsky has left. Hmm? that Erica Henderson has left due to other obligations, yeah. and he said he, he didn't want to do it without her. And hmm. initially he, he signed to do it indefinitely. Yeah. And he said without Ricardo and Ryan North. Ryan North and should be okay. Ryan North is I'm I'm Like not a lot of people could follow up on the specific tone that Zdarsky went yeah. for with Jughead, like the old dream wacky thing. Have you read the recent t shirt? With yeah. uh, with what's his face? The who's the new artist? Derek Charm, um, I think, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he the the last, like, the last Darsky yeah. issues. I read yeah. them. Chip, I thought they were really good. Chip said he intentionally made them into transition issues for Ryan to take it whichever direction yeah. he wants. That he can keep on doing the weird dream sequences, but he can go... I think it'll be fine. I think Ryan North has, like, a similar sense of How, humor. Uh, what, what, what do you think about the Betty and Veronica? No. Because of what, yeah. I've Adam Hughes on Teenage Girls. No. Well, yeah, on the side, I'm hearing good reviews about it. No, I, I, everyone's loving it. I don't like want to see it. I think Adam Hughes is going to put them in like fishnets. No, really. Not really. I'm seeing the reviews are the reviews are very very yeah, kind. I didn't, I didn't hear so that. Do you really like it? And, you know. I've, I've heard that they were. That Hang on, the reviews have been really nice. Have any of you read it? No. Okay. Just so I know. I've heard it's that the characters like. Put art aside in a comic book, which is not something you should do, but that the characterization on that book is very misguided. On the other end, we should yeah. also. That it, it doesn't feel like a bad end around for those. Oh, we, should, we should, on the negative side, mention again some huge delays. Afterlife with Archie is by this point a yearly book, I'd say. Mm. Oh, it's, it's still coming out. Wait, it's still. I thought that was a miniseries. Yeah, I thought it was a miniseries. It's technically not. Sabrina, and the Sabrina War title, which we reviewed last episode, took two years to publish five issues. Hail Satan. Uh, oh, yes. Wow. No, it's a whole thing. Um, okay, so now we're going into like the fringe territories. <laughs> Tom. Uh, well, I, I was very interested when we decided to do that, to talk about two, well, one new publisher and one new-ish, which take very different approaches to publishing comics, uh, Black Mask and Aftershock. Now, Aftershock technically launched last year, but they've only been publishing comics, as far as I know, since 2016. Their longest-running series, Intersex... Sex? Oh, Insects. 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 With an X. With, with, with sex. Yes. What? 
the sexes. The, the Victorian bug ladies. Yes. Okay. It's Margaret I, I'm not heard of it, but okay. It's, it's Margaret Bennett doing Victorian... Uh, uh, Victorian how, lesbian who's, who's, insect who's, who's, witches. Who did the okay, fly? Okay, that's what Cronenberg. Yeah, it's a very Cronenberg. <laughs> now... Uh, that was a remake, though. Never mind. They know you what know. I'm talking about. Nobody cares about the early <laughs> What I'm saying is, they've only been running comics for like half a year. The first trades of their series are just now coming out. And opposed to them, we have Black Mask, who are publishing for close to three years now, at least. And it's interesting to compare, because Aftershock started straight out of the line with not huge creators, but, you know, famous names. Their first lineup is, again, Margaret Bennett, who's a pretty big name. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Big name. Jimmy uh, Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Oh, Brian Azzarello. Brian Azzarello, who did American Monsters. Have you you mentioned? Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it in some Dreaming Eagles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, it's edited by Mike Marks, who is a big name. Mike Marks is the the driving force. He basically left DC after the shake-up. He started it. It it was his idea. Yeah, no, he's also a long-time editor and writer. Yes. So he voted the the West Coast departure of DC to... Yeah. So it's it's basically it's a company started by people who already have ties in the industry and you know they have their long Rolodex and they know people and apparently they have a lot of capital because they can pay these people in advance, right? Mm. They, at least it seems to me because you have all these creators coming in, unlike Image being always on time. Mm. If that's one thing I've noticed and I've read a lot of aftershock titles trying to this, a they're always on time, b they're always very professional. Which is also their downturn because so far what I get from all of their titles that I've read is very much, well, yeah, this is the creators doing their thing. We've got Garth Ennis. What is he going to do? Well, he's going to do war comics. Yeah. Um, what a but shock. that's sort of a that's we, sort of the thing. Ryan Azzarello is going to do something about violent crime. What you see is what you get. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. But enough. So f- I don't know if you read them. I've read them. Like, I've read all of their series up until now. Not all, not all of the books, you know, that came out, but I've read at least the first two issues of everything. Okay. Right. And so far, nothing. They don't have like their own saga or two for me. They don't have this thing mm. that makes me sad immediately. Well, I want to come back to that every month. The best that of the lot that I've read was Second Sight. We reviewed the first issue. Yeah, of that which wasn't which which was it first. was fine. It was fun. It was it oh. was it was Hellblazer. So they need their shining stars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like they, they need the thing that you would be like. I know that book. Yeah. yeah. I took a question. I, aren't all the books miniseries? No. No. It's not, I, I, Most I, of I them are ongoing. That's, that's the impression I got from the preview. No, some, some of them are. Like, some thought. of them are. But again, Second like, Sight, as far as I know, is not a mini. And Insects is And Insects is now at issue 7, so it's not Which, a and, and the creators on these books are? And those books. Uh, Insect is Marguerite Bennett and... Ariella Di Cristina. Yeah. yeah. like that. Yep. Uh, okay, and the other one? And uh, it's Garth Ennis and uh, John Colby on uh, Dream Eagles, and yeah. uh, like, like there's Captain, an element. Like, I think Captain Kidd is, is Mark Wade, so you know. And Tom Pierre, and, and Tom Pierre, yeah. Uh, okay. But that's and that's an ongoing. Yeah. Oh, with, yeah, with Taurus. Yeah. With yeah, exactly. uh, like, thing, uh, the way it feels to me is that basically Mike Mods opened up a, a, a publisher. He decided to do, you know. Image is doing well, Boom is doing well, like, why not, you know, use the time he curated over DC mm. and push a publisher, you know, for better or worse. And I think he called, like, his friends, like, hey, Ad, how are you? And he's like, I'm over here drinking with Miller, we're doing lots of drugs, and yeah, can you read the books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jamie, hey, Amanda, can you do the books? 
Um, and that, I, I, that's I, the impression I, it, it I got can, from it them. It can't be like that because there, there has to be some huge financial backing behind this. You can't just start. You can start a publisher as you want it. You can't start a publisher with big names on the get go because they're all getting paid. Because yeah, yeah obviously, if if Garth Ennis is doing this. Why isn't he going to Avatar, who already publishes his work on it? Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't he doing it via... Why Margaret Benton doesn't do it via Image? Why do all the books... Benton would be publisher? picked up by Image in a second. Yeah. I don't, I don't, why, do, why do all your books at the same publisher? I appreciate mm-hmm. creators who do... Like, you know, Jason Aaron, he does a book for Icon, he does a book for Image, he mm-hmm. does a book at another, at another publisher. He diversified, and you know, if one day Aftershock picks up, you know... No, it's, you have it's a team there. I mean, I'm just, it's interesting to me, the idea of this publisher just starting from the get-go with big names. Because usually when you have a new publisher starting, they work out small and, you yeah. know, they slowly, slowly, you know, became more familiar. Boom didn't just start out with big names. Boom created yeah. like yeah. their names. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Boom, yeah. exactly. Boom waited like five Boom years before they with Mark Wade. No, it took like five years before he, they published one of his comics. They started, you know, super small. My and question well, is... Well, the comic soundtrack today is very different. Yeah. I mean, Aftershock seems to be getting their time in the sun. But my question is, will last? Where will Aftershock be in like a year or two years? That's the big question. Because when you start at that high, can you go higher? Can you maintain that momentum? If they have any talent, they could. No, they don't don't even have to break any talent. They could do it with all creators. But I assume the money has to come from somewhere, right? Because I look at their sales number. They're not huge. Like the first... First issues of something like Captain Kid gets less than ten thousand. But this is ICV two again. Maybe yeah, yeah, they, yeah, maybe yeah, they yeah, are yeah, getting yeah, a digital. No, but we but put base anything. On yeah, also also Mark Wade's publishing. But that might be the source of the funding if they're highly successful online. I mean, then that might explain because I know that for example, Insect specifically has a massive online following. I don't know how much that translates to actual sales, but clearly... Yeah, because Marguerite Bennett has a very large web presence. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think... No, I know. I, th- I think the, the fact that it brought Brian Azarello and Palmiotti and uh, Connor and, you know, big names. Other than Ennis, those people have signed up for, like, four issues, which is relatively a small list. You know, you can... Uh, the, the artist Azarello is working on the relatively a big name. Or with Azarello's name driving the book, you know you can do. Say. You, you can do. You can do. You can do a mini series, right? For Azarello, he's just writing four, four issues. It goes out. It will be collected into a trade. The trade is successful. You do more, but it's basically for me. It feels currently like a pilot company. Yeah, I, I have to admit not, that. Not like, pilot, but sort of image. I don't want to say image like because it's impolite, but there is this sense of. You're doing. You're basically doing the same thing which, which, that Image does, which is taking creators who are already well known yeah. and letting them do their thing. Which is although only, only you're doing it with people who are a bit less well known than the Image creators. Not necessarily. I wouldn't go there. I'd say with DC guys, you know, Hamiotti, hmm. uh, Connor, Adarello, those are Image. Those are DC oh, guys. Right. That mark, so that you're saying mark, image, mark image is being poaching Marvel and what? now Aftershock is poaching DC. He can't, he can't, Mark Mark worked with them on, at DC. He has their contacts. They have good relations at work. 
He has like, worked at Marvel, though. So he ended at X-Men. But, but, no, yeah, yeah, but, but that's, that's his very short time. For there more, might like, be something else, years, too. So, so I keep waiting for the new company, which is going to be like, we're poaching Valiant guys. But I think there might be something else <laughs> I think else you might have some more time to wait. There might be some one other element that we're not considering here in terms of Aftershock's you know, presence in the market, which is that if you were to try and define image as a publisher, you would say science fiction, fantasy, outlier, whatever. Does Aftershock have that kind of brand identity? Where, like, you know, Dark Horse, horror. Valiant, superheroes. Boom, kids stuff that also appeals to adults, right? Like, there's more of a a general sense of, I know what I'm getting from a boom book. Does that exist for Aftershock? Because I can't think of any books They pretty set. much do anything. I don't, I don't, They'll do if, anything. If, if they have the right creators to no, do that. They seem to be like image, which is to say, well, it's not necessarily science fiction, but, but genre. It's like you work in defined genre. Yeah. So here's our war book. Here's our post-apocalyptic book. Here's our uh, steampunk book, which I guess insects is kind of, sort of. Yeah. Or a horror book, if you want to talk, think about it like that. Historical here's, fiction. Here's, here's our historical fiction book, you know, where we, Rough Riders by Adam Glass. Which mm. I don't, I don't believe the publisher should become, should aspire to be a niche publisher. I'm yeah. not saying niche. I'm saying having a brand identity. The fact that, yeah. you know, Dark, Dark Horse publish a wider range of books. But if you're talking about what is their reputation, right? What is the thing that people right. know them what, for? What, what, it's what horror. What would you say, a publisher that what we've mentioned up until this point, what would you say the brand identity of IDW is? License, license books. books. Right? Yeah. License but books. they do do a video of work. Sure, yeah. but again, I'm not talking you about... You don't have to have all I'm the I'm not talking about 100% your, saturation. Uh, your, I mean, like, when I say the word image to you, you think science fiction, science fiction fantasy, right? <laughs> no, when, I think I think independent independent content genre. I'm talking genre of story. Like, what reasonable I don't, expectation I don't think, would you I don't have? Think genre. Well, if genre. you did, you know, then <laughs> okay. that that is sort of like the the obvious thing. But like, right? when you think of IDW, you may think of like lock no, and, lock and right. key. I think, but I you'd think, also think about micro transformers, gems, micronauts, rom. They also drive them together in crossovers now. You know, sure. Uh, the what are they, the new the micronauts, not the micronauts. Transformers uh, are uh, uh, wrong space night. Yeah, Captain Captain Kirk is riding Optimus Prime into battle against uh, I don't know whatever. Greenland. <laughs> no, the shape of Mark Millman. Um, whatever. So aftershock seems to be lacking that I think because. Like I don't, I don't think I, I don't have a problem with that. Like I said, the big problem is they're lacking the one book that everybody's like. And you're yeah. saying insect is getting raved about. I'm not in my corner of the internet, but mm. I'm in my own very small corner. So if it gets, if it gets good reviews, fine. And it's one of those books where I'm reading it. It's like I think you're almost there. I, I yeah, the writing is there. I think I have a bit of a problem with the arting, which is not visceral enough for the type of story you're doing because the story mm. is like. Grotesque. Super, super gory and grotesque and super sexy at the same time. Mm-hmm. One, a pair of lovers, but it's it it's has never, sex in the name. I mean, yeah, you it's, know. but it's it's not there. It's not it's not too much. But it's like Blanche Devereaux used to say, lesbians. That was the gavel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the third one was the manic. Uh, we have the man. I feel that we have to mention that every publisher that isn't Marvel or DC doesn't have. Ads for anything, like basically. They're also not owned by like corporations like Disney not owned and owned by corporations, but yeah. Like when when they just started out, AfterShock had a long talk about you know we're new people and we'll bring new voices 
and there will be movies and TV shows, so... New I, voices! I, Garth Ennis! No, no, but maybe, maybe they are... When, when, you launch a, when you launch a comic publisher today, maybe it's so... With the way Hollywood and TV stations think, it's so easy to say, well, we have a comic company, you can do the... You can have the new Walking Dead. Just sign us, you know, a little paycheck, right? Well, well, I mean, where are they located? Are know. they Western? I mean, about the new voices. While the writers may be ex- experienced and well-known, the artists, on the other hand, well, aren't yeah. as well. Like, yeah. Ariel de Cristina yeah, isn't, isn't well-known at all. Definitely. Or at least she wasn't before she did Insects. Or, um... No, but John Colby on, on, uh, on uh, Flying Eels, you may not know him, he works for decades in the British industry. He's mm. probably the irregular. Yeah. Sure, but British. Sure, but American. Sure, but just... No, just no but there's a, there's a big yeah. dissonance between yeah. being yeah. famous for, for him and the, the British. To break out from the British marketing um, to the yeah. American one. So he might take a pay cut in order to expose himself well, to the audience. Now, speaking of new creators, like I said, I also want to talk about Blackness, which mm. is almost the other way around, because it's a company that's yeah. been going on for three years, and I think they've finished publishing like three series. <laughs> Black Mask titles, as a rule, are always seemingly in delay, and I'm never sure if it's an ongoing or a mini, or either it's a, or it's a five-issue ongoing. <laughs> whenever <laughs> whenever <laughs> I actually reach the, the end of a Black Mask title, I'm like, Oh, is that it? That was the last issue, apparently. Or yeah. was it? Is is like it was. Uh, the the big hit like last year was uh, we can never go home. Yeah, again. yeah. Which was amazing. Which, which was it's a very good, it's a great series, and it ended up sort of like to be continued. But now Matthew Rosenberg is doing something completely different. He's doing four kids walking to a bank. Well, he's the writer on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's and doing he's Marvel. Doing Marvel. Marvel. He's doing and, Kingpin for Marvel. Yep. Yeah. And the artist. What, for Kingpin or... Uh, no, no, for... For um, four kids wanting to go back. No, for, for We Can Never Go Home. I don't because that's the thing mm-hmm. people keep forgetting. Is that, you know, Rana Dorello can get out the script in like a week. Yeah. But an artist sure. would work about sure. Now, here's... here's you know, the delay, the delay we assume don't come from... But I do... No, it, that, but it, it, for, 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 all, for all we know, Volume 2 of We Can Never Go Home can be done. Volume 2 of uh, Space Riders could be done. Space Riders was the only thing in which Volume 2 was announced, and even then it was sort of like, there's going to be Space Riders Volume 2. They never said I. They never said a specific date for it, other yeah. than, I think, 2017. Which was, in retrospect, a smart decision, because well, yeah, they can't hold... You need, they you can't hold they the, need the money to... Fabian Rabel said on Twitter, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward for Marvel and DC because I need money. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't just afford to do it all the time because I don't get enough from it, which is fine, but it's a bit of a problem because I can never be certain when I commit to something, mm. how will it come out, when will it come out. On the other hand, you know, that's the risk you take with new voices, and Black Mask is actually, is new voices. Yeah. The only familiar writer they uh, they publish is... They, they Jen Demetrius. Yeah, they've announced something new by Jen oh. Demetrius, but... That hasn't come out yet, and they had uh, what's his, the guy who always dies or, or uh, Niles? No, uh, Steve Niles. Steve Niles. Steve Niles had like a series for them, but that's it. Most of the most of the time when I pick up a new Black Mask movie, I'm like, I don't know who these people are, and I'm loving it because uh, the one we reviewed, we we reviewed two. Kim and Kimmen. No, we reviewed two actually in the same episode, uh, Jade Street Protection Jade Services, Services and Kim and Kim, and they were both really really good. I cannot remember the names of the creators. 
because Magda these are people Visaggio. that I have never heard of before. Magdalene Visaggio was the writer of uh, Kim and Kim. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so J Street Protection Services was whatever. Uh, what, what, too many books. Here, here do I call the question. The um, original writer. The original writer. Um, do you think it would have been better if Black Mask would have uh, taken more? It would have kept more capital instead of relying on the direct market to publish monthly. Just release OGN. But you're assuming, again, that their primary income is the direct market. Like, this is something that we keep bumping up against just because it's the limits of our knowledge. No, not just the direct market. Wouldn't it be better if a smaller publisher wouldn't have relied on single issue in whichever whichever, uh, market? I don't think so. You wouldn't think it would have been better, like, if you could have relied on, say, We Can Never Go Home, or... It's, it's, kind of, it's more of an investment. Though. I have a question. Do you know Every who is the months. biggest selling talent in comics nowadays? Robert if you say Mark Miller, I'm jumping out that not window. Probably Bendis. Not, 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 not anybody who works in any of the companies we're talking about. It's Rihanna Feldmeier, who does the who does the young adult graphic novel for Scholastics. He does Smiles. Oh. And ah. these are graphic novels, not issues. And they sell by the truckload, by the bunch. But they sell the in bookstores. Yes, yeah, they're not the perceived as Here's the thing. And she... She basically, she changes the market simply by being there because these are the actual comics that people are buying. You know, uh, uh, hmm? uh, Smile. 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 It was actually, it was actually one of the rare comics that's been translated to Hebrew. It's a young adult graphic novel about, you know, a young girl getting braces right, yeah. and, and trying to manage that. There's but that's no like, look, Jeff Smith is still getting money for Bone. You'd like that, you know, yeah. that's... Yeah, but... It, they're it, making it, the big money. It's even out. But oh, it's a different market. That's the thing. Like with and, Black and, Mask, and specific- the question is: Yes, why did Black Mask chose to go to the direct market? Why did they to go this classic way? I well, I mean, I I'm, hey, I answered that question. Work, so though. I think that answers that. Oh. But no, but my answer would be consumer based, not publisher based, because we're thinking like what works for them. I'm saying, as readers. It makes more sense for us, like, we would prefer a situation where you pick up a number one from someone you had never heard of. You don't know anything about this book. You would rather pay $2 for the first issue and you either get burned or you love it, rather than, here's a $25 OGN. Not no, no, you, you don't have to price it $25, but... Um, $20, $15. You know, image prices, image prices, the trade at 10 Now, the thing I'm asking is because... Um, I'd pay 10 you know, for a good... Novel, if you knew that novel. it was good, no, no. If, even yeah, even if, if it's good, good, if, if you I, I buy books for that price, you know. Yeah. Based if, on what parameters, though, is the question. Reviews. If, if I if I just look inside and see that it's the sound. Reviews, good, recommendations, you know. books, go, books go all, for you know. the price, you know. Yeah. Um, so. the, the, the reason I'm asking this um, is because I'm thinking about it a lot myself on how the comics market been laid upon foundations that are almost a century old. Yeah. Um, yeah. About soliciting issues to maintain it. Oh, that's the direct one. That's not a century old. That's the <laughs> mid-70s. No, but I mean, most of the yeah, people that no, we talk no, about... No, no, but, I but think you know, it's not books. perfect for the modern man. You know, you know what? Fine. 50, 50 years. Yeah, okay? okay? 50 years. It's you solicit issues two months in advance, only to have them collected into trade. Only to... Why can't we skip that? For, yeah, not for you... everything. Not for everything. I don't think all series, like, we talked about a series, but, you know, Saga comes out, they, they do 
maybe seven, eight issues a year? Why don't they just put a book a year? Why would they? They profit from the single issues and from the book. doesn't matter to them. Yeah, the people I, double deep? Do people double deep? That's the question. Probably. No, it doesn't matter if they double deep. Not a lot, but some. No, the idea is that these are two different markets, right? If there wouldn't be a, you know, it, a tra- uh, yeah. I, I prefer, tra- you know, I buy in issues because, you know, I want to support, uh, support yeah. Yeah. I prefer reading in trades. Give it's me a trade anything, yeah. you know. But the way that it works there is the amount of profit that you're putting in is the same either way. Like, if I you don't buy the singles and you buy the trade, you're paying the amount of money that you would have paid yeah, for the singles. Yeah, but the trades for, for the creators... But, but, but so if I start from a series but, which is new and... You know, isn't on like saga. It's in solid ground now. You're not gonna if you if yeah. you're starting saga now, also, you're gonna buy it in trades. Uh, but if I already started saga, whichever series, and I started reading it in uh, issues, I'm not gonna move from issues to trade. I think that it's over. Depends. Wait, I, I just want to put. Like, Usually, it's not. I want to put out two things. A, I'm not begging with this question. I'm genuinely curious about it. But also, you have to keep in mind that when dealing with single issues, not in digital. You pay six times distribution. You basically have you have to ship each part differently. But the key and that's sentence cost. here is aside. And you have digital, to print them. Digital huh? factors into that, though. No, I'm I'm trying to keep digital aside. But you know, Saga had good numbers in print. You know, they print each in the, each each uh, issue uh, independently, and they ship them independently, and that's a cost. It is. And for many, many, many uh, independent publishers, that's a cost yeah. that could get saved, in my opinion, is if not the market was not so uh, habituated yeah. Yeah. into I, I consuming via single issue. I mean, readers of the direct market are creatures of habit to the extreme. Yes. Well, Case in point, we have here a young man. Who? Where? Who? Oh, <laughs> okay. How did you do You He's have been trying... my lawn. You have been trying to collect James Robinson's Starman in omnibuses. Yeah. Tell... If you had to sum up that search in one word, what would you call it? Well, that word would be... That's like, <laughs> Expensive? No. Like, you know, like... It would start with an F. It would start with an F <laughs> that we cannot say that on PG-13. Yeah. Podcast. But all of Starman is digitally collected. I'm now, aware. you don't read digital. Or you're Rarely. not fond of it, right? No. That's the thing. There's a, the, the direct market, the, the way that, the crazy ass way that it works now with pre-orders and cancellations and subscriptions and all this, these are maintained by readers who are extreme creatures of habit. No one would just be like, Screw single issues. I'm going to go to Comixology, which is what I did. I'm like, no, I don't do this no more. Comixology, click, 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 click. Download, download, download. I do like I read. the apps. Yeah. You know, I, I do read like books digitally now, but it's a hard, you know, it's it's funner to read a physical copy. I... It's, you know, I'd rather read a trade than a digital. Like, there are digital the, trades. No, but I know. Comics, it's comics especially, the screen you know, changes the experience of reading. The, fi- the physical yeah. aspect Depends of on the, the book. No, I think in comics the physical aspect of the book is I mean, digital very much effects, important. Uh, d- digital first uh, series, you know, I'd rather read them digitally because, you know, say, yours are built for it. When a series is built for the traditional medium, so they work less well in the digital I remember medium trying and to vice read, versa. Again, we... Yeah. Going back to the beginning, we talked about Sandman Overture. I remember trying to read that in comicsology, and I was like, 
My eyes, I can't see the page. What's going Don't on? Don't put J.H. Williams in comicsology. No, that's a bad no, idea. Yeah. yeah, saturated coloring I mean, and all I that. I started comics, that, that's you know, in the uh, not comicsology but still digital route. Mm. You know, which we're not allowed to encourage. Yeah, which we and, know nothing about. Which we know nothing about. Yeah, and you know, when you're like a teenager with no money and no comic book store anywhere around you. So you're like, oh, yes, this is great. And then you move to the experience of reading it physically, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's so much better this way. Yeah. And, you know, but but that, that's what keeps the direct market going. Like, yeah. Whatever appeal the physical product and like the act of, you know, you go Wednesdays, right, to the comic book shop, and this is... He this goes. Is, he, picks go. he, he picks them up. He picks them up. I stay home. That's legit. So, you know, you go, you, you pick out, like, the books, and then you just, you keep the wheel turning. So... But, but you know, I, I like... Unlike books without pictures, which we haven't talked about. Uh-huh. You know, Why would we? This books without. Yeah. If, if, uh-huh. you take a book, <laughs> if you take a book and you change know. its font, you change its size, yes, it will have its effect. But, you know, the physical aspect of comic book is much more prominent in a comic book where the art is the story just as much as the words. Yeah. And I think... If not more. And I think, yeah, tablets are transitioning and yeah, did a lot of stuff. Like, you know, when Comicsology launched and Mark Wade was very prominent on digital comics, digital comics, there are stuff you can do with digital that you can't do in print. Yeah. And I'm sad that it's not encouraged as much as it was well, before. I, like, because Comicsology just said, we take print comics and put them digitally. And you don't get, like, you know, no, interesting page turns, etc. But you find that in webcomics, I think. Yeah, webcom- web, webcomics are the pioneers yeah. of that. Because they think that's the only medium we're doing. I'm actually, that. most webcomics that I've read are very much still based on the old model. You have, you have Shannon, Garrity, is Narbonic. No, no, right, okay, right, but, but you, you, have, you have the ones who do ex- experiment, but a lot of yeah, them, and, and, and the most too. popular are... Still doing either the regular pages or even more classically the newspaper Trips. panels, you know, sure. four, four panel strips. Because it's a convenient wide strips, are way more prominent. But what I wanted to go back to Sean's uh, point about the readers, I think it's not that the readers are very much, not just that the readers are creatures of habit, like, uh, not, not too unlike uh, crack addicts, but. Um, but we that there, that there's very dysfunctional relationship between publishers, especially in mainstream, and readers. That it's a relationship yeah. that keeps sustaining itself based on some perverted idea of publication. It's the Edward Cullen abused housewife mentality. It's like you know he must <laughs> he must love me. He must love me. Oof. If I stay. Then we'll be fine. He'll change. Yeah. Marvel will love me someday. Okay. And I think it was Andrew Wheeler who said, you know, these companies will never love you back. Yeah. So Okay, so before yeah. we finish, I'm just gonna ask each and each all of you a little question. What is the thing that you expect or the positive thing that you expect for either a title or a creative team or a new development in comics in the near future? Super Sons. <laughs> okay. Super Sons. I have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Sean? I am looking forward to more... Um, 
not so much experimentation in the conventional sense of the word of like you know oh look this page folds out three times and then you see all the <laughs> yeah. no it's like but more this um, page can be folded into an origami I, airplane to advance the story yeah in order to advance the story you must throw it three times and then invisible ink will appear on the walls I don't know <laughs> not so much that but more in terms of and again keeping in mind that I have completely tossed DC and Marvel out the window um Different kinds of books, different attempts at stories, new talent coming in. Um, like, again, I have to shout out the creators of Kim and Kim specifically. I loved that book, and I was not expecting it, uh-huh. right? So I, I do find every month in the previews book something to be surprised about or appreciative of. Marjor- we didn't even talk about Marjorie Lou's Monstrous, but I mean, holy crap, that is a book, right? Uh-huh. So... Is it? Is it the book? It is a. It is a with a capital A book. Do you think that A stands for France? It does not. Uh, so really, like the the new books, new experiences, things that you're not getting from the mainstream. You want, you want your creators to think is what you're saying. That'd be nice. <laughs> for change. I think for change. Time. I, um, I think hey, that. What, what do you expect? Uh, what I said, uh, uh, can, I, can I say what I hope for? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for, um, and we haven't talked about that much, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for more recognition for artists. Uh, I think comics is, uh, yeah, yeah, I see your face, Sean. I lived through the 90s, so when you say recognition for the artists, yeah. I'm getting flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, have better, we have better artists nowadays. Do we, Tom? Yeah. Do we, we? Have, we, have, we have more diverse artists. Mm-hmm. And Who's the artist for New Avengers again? No, I'm not talking I'm not about Mason. Ta- I'm not talking about Marvel. Ace, 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 if Marvel will sell product, they will keep on selling it. And if not, they'll elaborate. <laughs> that's, that's the tactic. They'll do them both at the same time. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel doesn't remember because they want to. They, they remember it because they need to, because they need to sustain sales. What uh, no, I no, hope for the Joke was he's like, no, 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 I don't have to remember it. Axel Alonso just never saw the next episode of Sesame Street after they learned the number one. <laughs> it's like, you know, Big Bird comes out and he's like, after one comes two, but he wasn't watching by that point. So. <laughs> I'm not listening. What, 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 I hope, what I'm hoping for is that a greater recognition of the artists' uh, work in each and every project because it's in our team not just an artist, it's an inker, it's a colorist, it's a letterer, um, even editors. I think if, if the 19th was the era of the artist and the beginning of the 20th century was the era of the writers, this current era, at least in mainstream comics, is the era of the editors. Uh, and people aren't talking about that. There are many aspects of comics that need to be talked about. I think mm-hmm. art is a good place to start. In a visual medium, uh, and I'm hoping to have a better expanded discussion on the aspects of comics. What I'm looking for is that mainly the big two will accept that the more independent, the more niche comics, and the more niche creators with the very different sensibilities, that the big two will accept that they're not going anywhere that they should let go of the same vision that they have in their mind of what a comic should look like. Meat and, and they potatoes. Sh- what? Meat and potatoes. Yeah, the meat and potato. They should let that go. Maybe try, a, I don't know. A pizza. pizza. A pizza. Yeah. They a needed pizza. the ticket walls. 
It didn't work. DC <laughs> tried that with Secret Wars? No, Marvel. DC yeah. Secret Wars. Marvel's pizza metaphor. Oh, the pizza metaphor. Oh, I completely forgot about that. I don't know that. down in history. The pizza metaphor. Axel yeah. Alonso tried to explain Secret Wars through pizza. It yeah, didn't work I, I, very well. How did I miss that? Something about And toppings. on that note... I yeah. think uh, the thing yeah. that I'm looking for is episode 100 of the Sporgish Board. <laughs> Why do you hate me? Two years. <laughs> oh, God. Two years? <laughs> Now we're gonna run number by five. Then. Palepsi was being the. We're gonna host. We're gonna host seventy people for that episode, <laughs> and then we're gonna remember. And it will take twenty hours. And then, and then we're gonna remember to smorgasbord. Now, now, you know, you know, you know, you know what what the one hundredth episode of the smorgasbord would be? Mm-hmm. It would be Tom sitting in a room. Reading Alan Moore's Jerusalem. <laughs> it was dark. Live blogging Alan Moore's Jerusalem. Yeah. Oh, page 12. Oh now my god, Now that would be why? like episode 100 through 150. <laughs> so this was the 15th episode of this morning's board. Thank, Thank you all for being Thank here. Thank you all for coming. Yeah. Thanks again for SeekWord.org, uh, our publisher, the people who actually allow us to Top comics for some reason I don't know why. Thank you all. Don't don't have that question. Thank you, Julia. Thank our listeners. Hopefully, we'll be here for at least several episodes more. That'd be nice. (laughs) Several. Yes. We're not committing. We're like image in that sense. We might come back. We We might be on hiatus. We're going hiatus. Or the smorgasbord. I'm Tom Shapiro. And I'm Sean Edry. I'm Haggai Falovsky. I'm Kevin Barak. I'm Vince Tippin. Until next time. Bon appetit.